live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a special edition of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M, and joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Now, folks, we have a special edition of the show because this is what we like to call the fusion episode. When there's not a lot going on in either sports or entertainment, we'd like to merge it together. And obviously, there is one event that is going on in the world this week that is dominating literally everything. Uh, All-Star Game. Well, for some. Yeah. But for the vast majority of the ODPH Society, all attention will be taken to California this weekend. As, also where the All-Star Game is. <laughs> well, that's true. But I said weekend, though, because for four days, pop culture is going to be dominated in San Diego yeah. because it is the triumphant return to in-person San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, due to C-19, we didn't have a couple live events. Yep. And I know, obviously, last year they tried doing like the, the test run. That's what we're going to refer to that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, well, we're, we're not even going to talk about it. Exactly. It, it, was, it was a mess. Exactly. That's why we say it's a test run because, obviously, trying to transition back to live crowds after shutting down for a while, it takes a little time getting used to kind of seeing what the proverbial temp in the room is. But now San Diego is back. Mm-hmm. It is a loaded roster of panels yes, it is. and events. So what we are going to do is break down the 52nd year of San Diego Comic-Con like only the ODPH does. First segment is going to be Thursday and Friday breakdowns. Second segment will be Saturday and Sunday and kind of final thoughts on that. And then the third segment, we're just going to talk a little sports because we do want to talk a little pro wrestling. We want to talk a little baseball, as Pat alluded to, and a little bit more. So if you want to get in on that conversation, and I hope you do, swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on social media accounts. You can find them all right there. Parlay points, blogs dropping left and right. T Public Store, the classified section, which has friends of the show like 8122 Productions. And actually now renamed 3fnpodcast.com. Mm. So you want to go check that out. The directory, if it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, it can be found at odphpodcast.com. And always remember on social media, use the hashtag ODPHpod. Pad, let's not wait any longer. Let us talk San Diego Comic-Con. All the information that you are going to hear is cited and found at comic-con.org. So let's kick it off. Uh, yeah, so the first panel, and where you got to know all the times we mentioned here are in Pacific time, so adjust accordingly for your time zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, first panel we're going to talk about is taking place on Thursday, July 21st, 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Uh, in room 6DE. And that is DC's Dark Crisis. And the description of this one reads, quote, The epic event 30 years in the making is here. Talent behind Dark Crisis, Dark Crisis Young Justice, The Flash, and Worlds Without a Justice League, including Joshua Williamson, Daniel uh, Sampier, Megan Fitzmartin, Tom King, and Jeremy Adams offer exclusive details on what's to come. It's a very interesting panel. DC is returning to San Diego Comic-Con. Obviously, everybody knows Fandom and what they're doing with that. Yep. But this year, we are seeing a little more sprinkles of more comic-driven content at SDCC. Sure. And obviously, if you've been following the DC Comics line, Dark Crisis is a big one to definitely make sure you're following. 
lot of uh, events are moving and shaking for the rest of the comic line. So this is one you definitely want to go check out because, like I say, DC is back in a big way with the comics. I know earlier in the day, too, at 1030, they have a special with Tom King and Tom Taylor talking. Oh, nice. And obviously, if you're reading Nightwing, it's probably the best comic on the lot. You definitely want to make sure you're checking that one out. I had kicking off for my day, though, 11 a.m., mm-hmm. and this is Comicsology Originals, The Art of the Comic Pitch. Nice. So Bryce Gold and veteran comics editor Will Dennis are deep diving into what industry professionals look at for a pitch and how to prepare your pitch for success. Learn why publishers don't take unsolicited submissions. This is coming right from San Diego uh, Comic-Con.com there, or .org, should I say. And this is a great panel, too, if you want to get learning the ins and outs of how to get into comics. Okay. And especially if you haven't been following the Comicsology line, this is a one that you definitely want to make sure you're following. A lot of good stuff is going on with that brand, and we'll definitely be talking about that a little later in the show. But this is a great way to start off. And like I said, comic-con.org. I'm so used to saying San Diego Comic-Con.com, yeah. but I know that's not the right one. It's Comic-Con or comic-con.org. And next up, though, for me, is 11.15 that day. We have our uh, WWE Mattel panel going oh, on. Yeah. So this is going to be one, obviously, you know the WWE does like to show up at mm-hmm. Comic-Con with a lot of cool things. And this is for the Mattel WWE Elite Squad panel. Okay. So going from comic-con.org. The Mattel WWE Elite Squad defends their title as the action figure champions of San Diego Comic-Con with crowd-popping WWE action figures reveals and WWE superstar surprise guests. Host Sam Roberts oh, nice. and Champa oh. are hosting a star-studded panel featuring Bill Minka okay. and Steve Ozer from the Mattel design team, along with a couple people you might have heard about, Selena Vega. Uh, yeah, I heard of her. And Cody Rhodes. Oh, okay. So, so this is going to be one. Definitely check out 11.15 at San Diego Comic-Con. With, with Champa being there, does that mean no one in the panel will survive? That would be my guess. Yeah, and also Cody being at San Diego Comic Con is like the least surprising thing in the world. No, absolutely not. Like I say, that <laughs> if, if, if there's going to be one wrestler from each uh, brand, if you're talking yeah. AEW and WWE, Cody would have been there regardless of where, oh, where yeah. the federation he's with. Yeah. So definitely yeah. very cool to see him. Yeah. What do you have next on your list, Pat? Uh, next up for me, it takes place at two fifteen, and that is in Ballroom Twenty, and this is the National Treasure Edge of History, and I'm very excited for this. Uh, the description on the website reads: "Quote the cast and executive producers share an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at the upcoming Disney Plus original series National Treasure Edge of History, which is an expansion on the hit film franchise series regulars Lizette uh, Oliveira." Justin, Jake Austin Walker, Antonio Ciparano, Jordan Rodriguez, Zuri Reed, and Lyndon Smith, and executive producers Cormac and Marianne uh, Wiberly gathered to discuss the upcoming action adventure series. So I'm obviously very excited for this. You know, I dig the hell out of the first, the two movies that Disney did back in the early, early mid 2000s, you know, with Nicolas Cage. You know, the second one is absolutely freaking fantastic. Hope to God we find out what's on page 42 because that was a major cliffhanger that has yet to this day to be resolved. Mm. Uh, But I'm very excited for this and I hope it's in the kind of the same vein as the other two movies but to my knowledge i i think it's been filming i don't think they've shown literally anything for this show so possibly a little teaser trailer possibly a full-blown trailer we'll see yeah this one definitely caught me off guard because i honestly forgot about they were in the works about doing something with this right franchise. Well, like, it, well it's been back and forth between a show a movie this that they finally settled on show they got something going so hopefully it's good yeah definitely want to check that one out when it comes up for me, though, I got to go back a little bit because Hall H is finally back on the map. 
And Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves is dropping. Interesting. So reading the description from the San Diego Comic-Con website, Paramount Pictures and E1 bring a panel discussion and footage presentation with the cast and filmmakers. So obviously there's been a lot of talk about the Dungeons and Dragons movie. So this might be something up the line that we're going to definitely be checking out. So I honestly forgot about this project coming out. So definitely if it's going to Hall H, you know there's going to be a lot of eyes on the product. Definitely something to keep in mind. And going a little later in the day, 2 o'clock, well, actually, 1.45. I gotta, okay. we got to jump there a little bit. Okay. Crunchyroll is running a panel oh, out there. Okay. So, you know, I know that you're a big Crunchyroll fan. So yes. it's their industry panel, and you can hear about everything going on with them. From Crunchyroll's Tim Liu mm-hmm. and Lauren Moore. Well, and especially them uh, merging with Funimation. You know, that should get very interesting, you know, San Diego being the monster that it is. Absolutely. So that is one you definitely want to keep an eye out for, too. And also at 2 o'clock... There is a very big panel for comic fans of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay. So Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Charge to 100 and Beyond is dropping 2 o'clock on Thursday. And the description reads, a more phenomenal celebration of 100 issues over five years of ongoing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic books from Boom Studios. Ryan Parrott, Matt Groom, and Melissa Flores, who just actually came on the ODPH not too long ago, are going to be joined by the series editors and talking about the big event that is happening that we've been talking about on Parlay Points for quite some time, and that is the charge to 100. So it's going to be the legacy numbering. Ryan Parrott is going to be leaving the Power Rangers after many years and many epic stories. And this is going to be a changing of the guard. Not sure who the exact creative teams are going to be taking over the books, but this is going to be one for any fan of the Boom Studios line. And let me tell you, if you have not checked out their comic line of the Power Rangers, you're truly missing out on some stuff. They are doing a lot of great work, and I know we're getting closer to that moment of issue 100 dropping. I know Tom Craven from Off the Cuff Gaming and the Hashtag Show is going to swing through here and talk about that, so definitely keep your eyes out for that. And then at 2 o'clock, too, we have Scott Snyder's Dark Spaces and more IDW original series. Scott Snyder has a massive weekend going on here. Okay. So this is going to be talking about his uh, anthology series that's coming out, Dark Spaces, on IDW Publishing. Definitely something to check out if you're a fan of his work. You know I am, so I'm definitely excited to see what they got coming on with this. And like I said, he you're going to hear his name a lot throughout the first two segments because there is a ton coming out from him. That said, Pat, what else you got lined up? Uh, Taking place at 3 o'clock on Thursday in room 6A, this is a look inside the making of the Gotham Knights video game. Ooh. And the description of this reads, quote, Step into the night, uh, that's with a K, uh, with the Gotham Knights video game team as they discuss the upcoming open world action RPG. With an original story set in DC's Batman universe, Gotham Knights showcases Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin a new guard of trained DC superheroes who must rise up as protectors of Gotham City in the wake of Batman's death. Get a deep di- get a deep dive into the game with panelists Patrick Redding, creative director, Warner Brothers Games Montreal, Anne LeMay, narrative director, Warner Brothers Games Montreal, Wilson uh, Mui, cinematic director, Warner Brothers Games Montreal, along with actors America Young uh, from Barbie as Batgirl, and Christopher Sean uh, from You, Star Wars Resistance as Nightwing, 
Gotham Knights is scheduled to release worldwide on October 25th, 2022 for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, and PC. So this is obviously the highly anticipated game that I think, if I'm not mistaken, is a sequel to the Batman Arkham series, or at least that's kind of how everyone's... It's alluded to. It, it's alluded to. Nothing's been really set or confirmed. We, mm-hmm. We've seen some little gameplay footage, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but really nothing set in stone, firm, solid. So maybe we'll get some answers with this. I'm very excited for the game. I'm definitely excited to check this out. This definitely has a lot of promise going on with this. And obviously, when you hear about the Arkham series getting brought back to video games, even mm-hmm. if it's like alluded to, a lot of eyes are going to be on the oh, product. Yeah. And this is definitely one that a lot of fans are going to be checking out. Mm-hmm. Next on my list, 3 o'clock, Hall H, Masters of the Universe 40 Years. Wow. Can you believe it's been 40 years of He-Man? That, that is hard to believe. It's wild. Kevin Smith is going to be moderating and kind of leading the charge here, talking to a lot of creators and a lot of the notable names that are connected with this franchise from over the years. So, and you know, obviously he's had his fair share of masters of the universe, uh, content creating as well. So this is going to be something to check out and obviously take a retrospective of 40 years. Crazy. Like it's absolutely mind blowing to think of it, but that fan base is definitely still vocal. They definitely Mm -hmm. get up for it. So, you know, you definitely want to check that out next on my list is one, and I, I and I know I want to bring this up. I talked about this off air with Pad, but I definitely want to bring this up to the ODPH Society. Mm-hmm. So we have Todd McFarlane celebrates Spawn's 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So obviously Todd McFarlane, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that you know either from the creator of Spawn, the founder of Image Comics, or one of them, I should say, and the man behind probably the best toy line in the business is going to be talking about the 30th anniversary of Spawn and how basically that has changed everything. And maybe we'll get some information about the movie that has oh, been yeah. in purgatory, so to speak, and just really breaking down the historic run of Spawn. And what I kind of mentioned the pad too is throughout San Diego Comic-Con this year, we have separate panels for the image creators, uh, four of the original seven. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised, being the 30th anniversary of Image Comics, Mm -hmm. we didn't have a joint panel somewhere. I mean, I'm not surprised. No? No. I mean, we know how tenuous the relationship can be between those individuals, that it depends on the day of the week, the month of the year, and then even the weather outside, whether they get along or not. You know, and it kind of goes back and forth, so... I wouldn't necessarily put it up to, you know, the powers that be submitting for a panel to the folks in in charge of San Diego Comic-Con and the folks in San Diego Comic-Con telling them no. Mm. I don't think it's that. I think it's more the case that they just didn't want to bother. It might be the case. And and by they, I mean the the creators behind uh, Image Comics. Well, I'm sure that for them, I mean, they a lot of them have moved on from Image. We know Jim Lee is running with DC right now. Rob Liefeld is doing his own thing. So it, it just really kind of depends on the time of the room. I was just thinking it's like for 30 years, maybe they'll get back on stage. Who knows? But seeing how they all have their own 30th anniversary panels, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like when your favorite band breaks up and they all do solo projects. Like, yeah. you're kind of like, yeah, this is cool, but I'd like yeah. to see everybody get back together. And you don't know the reason why. I mean, we've always heard rumors here and there about that, you know, that certain people don't are not talking to certain people right. and, and all that jazz. Right. You know, the, you hear a lot of hearsay. So. It's kind of the narrative that we're, we are just kind of interpreting. Not to say mm-hmm. it's, you know, 100% fact, but, you know, it's one of those situations at the end of the day, I would have loved to see him get back on stage and do something. But not this time for me. 
But next up, though, what you got, Pat? Uh, taking place at 415 is Wheel of, The Wheel of Time Origins, uh, taking place in Room 6A. Uh, description of this reads, quote, The Wheel of Time Origins is an animated digital short companion series to hit fantasy epic uh, The Wheel of Time on Prime Video. The Wheel of Time Origins brings fans deeper into the lore of The Wheel of Time and its vast history and subjects. The creative team and a surprise guest behind The Wheel of Time Origins treats fans to a deep dive conversation into the making of this beloved companion series, along with an exclusive special video presentation that promises to deliver some Comic-Con magic to attendees. Close quote. So season one, Wheel of Time, loved it, you know, thought it was a real good series. And, and companion series, I'm here. Hey, I'm all for it. I'm all on board, you know, excited to see that. And, and maybe we get a little look at a little hint as to what this is, you know, and then maybe that little hint they're teasing at the end of that description there, maybe something for season two. I believe they've started filming. Could be wrong. Last I heard, they did start filming. But Wheel of Time obviously came out. A lot of hoopla behind it. Uh, special effects are okay. either, either you love them or you hate them. Yeah, they're all right. I mean, they, I know that's kind of a the topic of discussion when you talk to a lot of fans about mm-hmm. it. Because obviously, you know, with Amazon Studios, they're doing a lot of crazy things. And obviously, you see the standards that they've done with the boys. And, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously, with some more projects coming down, uh, one notably Lord of the Rings project. Yeah. So you're kind of seeing that and going, okay, well, in my opinion, is, is this matching up to snuff? But the show was well received from more, the majority of fans I talked to about this. So not super surprised to hear we're getting some more information on that. And who knows? I think uh, maybe we'll get maybe a teaser for the next season. Who knows? Who knows? Next up on my list, though. 4.30, Hall H. Okay. Shatner on Shatner. Ooh. So the one and only William Shatner, and I, do, I don't even need to say all his accolades. We'd be here a while. Exactly. Is going to be talking with Kevin Smith about uh, oh, his, his many, many accomplishments. And according to comic-con.org, the new project with Legion M, accompanied by pop culture documentarian Alexandre Philippi. So this is going to be something uh, to definitely check out if you're a William Shatner fan. He's always entertaining wherever you can catch him. And I am very intrigued to see what comes out of this panel. I definitely got to say that. It has sparked my interest. So that is a good thing. Next up, Pad, what you got? Uh, taking place at 545 in uh, room 6DE is 30th anniversary of X-Men the Animated Series. Talk about being surprised something's a certain age. This being 30 is one of them. Uh, the description of this reads, quote, Larry Houston, producer slash director, X-Men, the animated series, and Captain Planet. Dan uh, Vesenmeyer, packaging artist for Hasbro Marvel Legends, X-Men, and Lego Ninjago. And Stephen Melching, writer of the X-Men and Star Wars Rebels. Celebrate the 30th anniversary and discuss the behind-the-scenes production of the 90s X-Men series. Joining them is Larry Houston, uh, director of the series. Uh, so, obviously... X-Men, the animated series, much beloved series, one of the standards for back in its day, you know, still holds up to this day, in my opinion. The, the final season, yeah, not so much. Uh, but no, getting a little bit of retrospective on the 30th anniversary of a beloved TV series, hey, I'm all for it. And maybe a little hint some sun, sun about the upcoming uh, X-Men 97, although maybe that's later in the weekend. We'll see. I think you might get something teased a little here, but I think it's going to come out at another panel mm. uh, during the weekend. Mm. But. But either way, I mean, obviously, everybody knows this animated series has definitely struck a chord with fandom. I mean, for the majority of its run, yeah, it's it's legendary. Oh, it is, and I, that theme song, yeah, perfect. Oh, it's it's absolutely perfect. I mean, even when you heard it on Miss Marvel, oh yeah, we're in safe space. We can say that now because enough spoiler time is gone. But it's one of those situations that 
to see the fans are going to turn out for this and be excited about the nostalgia factor coming back, that's a really cool thing to see, especially with animated series. Yeah. And we remember during that time in the 90s, between that and Batman, mm-hmm. I mean, that was the one-two punch. And yeah, that, was, that, that Batman, Spider-Man was on during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those are the benchmarks we all set our animated shows by. So to see it come back for this, it's a really cool thing to do. So next on my list, though, mm-hmm. 515. Okay. Nick's. A first look at a new horror movie. Now, why am I talking about horror pad? Because uh, that you can, you can basically sum up the Knicks the last forty years with that word. Wow, you are coming in hot with this. I one. mean, listen, since nineteen seventy three, Jennifer Lopez has six rings, and the New York Knicks have none. That being said, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH. <laughs> no, 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 my friend. This description sold me on this panel. Okay, just in the first sentence. Get a preview of the new psychological horror movie Knicks. From the director of Sharknado. I'll say that just sounds like a documentary. Again, summarizing like the last 40 years of the Knicks. I'm sold on this. I, I am I'm interested to see what this is. Uh, and apparently the plot is uh, Knicks follows a tragedy of a mysterious lake that haunts the shattered coil family as they contend with a frightened entity that is once again revealed itself. Hmm. So, listen, Sharknado director doing horror? Okay, I'm in. Like, I don't need that much. Yeah. I definitely get up for stuff like this. Like, I'm a fan of the old school sci-fi uh, network uh, monster movies. Right, right. Used to do so. Like, this this is something on my mind. There's alley. something about those sci-fi uh, monster movies that, like, you, they're bad. They're terrible. The plots are awful. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about to sit there and go, what the fuck is this? Yeah, so there's definitely something to keep an eye out for. And at 6 o'clock to room 28DE is the Three Worlds, Three Moons, A New Day Dawns. Okay. So this is Jonathan Hickman's Substack uh, initiative okay. that's going on. So Mike Delmundo and Mike Huddleston are going to be there talking about what is going on with this whole Substack universe they're doing. And this is going to be something a lot of comic fans are definitely going to be interested to check out. I think they got so much going on with this. And especially with how Substack has really impacted the, the overall comic business. Mm-hmm. I think hearing what they got to say about it and you know successes and such, this is going to be something for all comic fans to definitely check out. So that being said, Pat, that is your list for Thursday. What are you kind of feeling with it? Oh, it's looking like a pretty good list. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I definitely got to agree. I mean, for Thursday, they definitely start the right way. There's a lot more comic uh, spotlights going on, too. Like we said, Jim Lee's got one. Jacques has one, too. Definitely would like to hear what he's got to say. Scotty Young. They definitely have a lot going on there. Matt Kent has something for Flux House. So if you're not checking out that line, you definitely want to keep an eye out for that. Miracle Man has one as well. There is a lot that is going on. Like I say, the big introduction is back to comics with this, and that's what I like to see because I know that we do kind of dabble into more San Diego related to the movies. But there's a lot more that goes on, especially to see all the comics come back. That's a big thing. So this is something to definitely check out. I know what I have circled on my panel, and that's 2 p.m., then that's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers one. I have become a very big Power Rangers fan since I started covering it for Boom, and this is one that I think is going to definitely steal Thursday away. But Thursday is lined up, too. Like I say, yeah. a lot of different stuff going on, and definitely ones for every single fandom, too, whether you're looking for professional advice you know, from getting into the business to doing social media for comics. There's, there's literally something for everybody about this, and that's something that I always love to see with that. So let's say Friday. Kick mm-hmm. it off, Pat. Uh, yeah, Friday at 10.30 a.m. in Hall H, uh, starting at 10.30. And just a heads up, if you're attending, this one's an hour and a half. 
uh, is The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, the description of this reads, quote, Prime Video's new series brings to screens for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age of Middle-Earth's history. This epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Books, The Hobbit, and The Lord of the Rings. From the darkest depths of the misty mountains to the majestic forests of the elf capital of Linden, to the breathtaking island kingdom of Numenor, uh, to the furthest reaches of the map. Meet cast members Morfid Clark, Charles Edwards, Rob uh, Armayo, Benjamin Walker, Ismail Cruz uh, Cordova, Charlie Vickers, N- uh, Nazanin uh, Boniati, uh, Tyro Mufadin, uh, Daniel Wayman, Cynthia Adai Robinson, Tristan Gravel, Maxim Baldry, Emma Horvath, Lloyd Owen, Leon Wadham, uh, Markella Cavanaugh, Megan Richards, Dylan Smith, Sarah uh, Zwagobani, Sophia Namvede, and Owen Arthur, along with showrunners J.D. Payne, Patrick McKay, and executive producer Lindsay Weber. Uh, so listen, I am very excited for this. I am a very big Lord of the Rings fan. I have read the books more times than I would care to admit. And obviously with the teaser trailer coming out, and no, it's just a teaser trailer. It's not the full-blown trailer. We mm-hmm. still haven't gotten that yet. Well, odds are we'll get that here. Uh, you know, things are looking really good for this. The production, you can tell, it's like one of the, it's the most expensive Production TV production of all time. It's like half a billion, half a billion or a billion dollars or something insane was spent on this on this show, and you can very clearly tell. You know, given what the teaser trailer they released last week, they are going real deep, and I mean real deep into the lore. I am super excited for this, and I cannot wait. It's definitely something very cool to see, and especially with that fandom, they got to really deliver on this. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it's one of the situations that they don't really have a lot of room for error. They're, they really don't. And obviously with the money they're dumping into it, that's something that, I mean, it's very cool as a fantasy, Yeah. but it's a very catch-22 because if the show doesn't deliver, that's like a water world type mm-hmm. failure if it, if it doesn't. Not saying it's going to, but obviously when you have that much hype behind it, you know the Lord of the Rings trilogy did very big at the box office. Oh, yeah. The Hobbit... Did okay. slightly slightly less, but slightly it's, less. but it still it still made enough profit that they're going back to it. Right. But you almost have to wonder what direction it's going in. Mm-hmm. Is it going to you know be a smash hit for Amazon? Which I mean, if you're banking that much, and granted, I think they're pretty safe in their uh, investment. Yeah. It's one of those situations that we just have to watch as fans to really see because I know that a lot of times when you try going to the well too much, like Game of Thrones right. and and other fandoms, it sometimes doesn't pan out that way. Mm-hmm. Well. So. Definitely a lot of eyes are going to be on this to Mm -hmm. see, so very excited to see about that. Yeah. So kicking off for me on Friday, 10-15, the Multiverses. Hmm. So this is the uh, freeform fighter game. Yeah, the the Warner Brothers one, yeah. Yeah, so reading from DCComics.com, get a behind-the-scenes look at Multiverses, the all-new free-to-play platform fighter video game featuring an ever-expanding cast of beloved heroes and personalities from Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn to Shaggy, Bugs Bunny, Arya Stark, and many others. Including the Iron Giant. Yes. So this is going to be something to keep an eye out for because yeah. the first looks at this, I was like, we're playing Super Smash Brothers. It's essentially what it is, yeah. Man, I'm not mad about that. No. I'm not mad about this at all. And the beta, I believe, is dropping extremely soon. I think so, yeah. So this will be available on Xbox, PlayStation, PC yeah. consoles. So yeah. This is going to be something for the gamers to really get into. And listen, if it's anything like Super Smash Brothers, but with the Warner Brothers properties, 
it's going to be super addicting. Oh, yeah. So I know where I'll be spending a good majority of my time doing. Right. So definitely want to check that out. Uh, 10 a.m. going back, though, there was a panel that caught my eye, and I the name of this panel pad is enough to sell me on this. Sure. The Dan Slott panel of comic book accountability, or, quote, why did you do that to my favorite comic character? <laughs> I love the name of this, so that's why I had to go back. And the description's even better. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Dan Slott has a spotlight panel and is probably groggy. If you ask him the right questions, he might slip up and accidentally give something away important. How can you pass that up? Oh, that's hard to pass up. I love that. I love absolutely everything about this uh, introduction from comics-con.org.com. So that being said, if you're a comic book fan, you definitely want to go check it out. Dan Slott is very synonymous with a lot of characters. And, you know, if you can catch him saying something, that'll be even cooler. So you know you want to go check that out. And also at 11.15, if we're talking comic characters, or comic creators, rather, Spotlight on Scott Snyder. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, he has a monster weekend going on at San Diego. And I know he's going to be talking with Will Dennis, who's uh, the editor on Comixology and a couple other things that he's doing. And they're going to be basically talking about the new projects they have coming out, some of the past stuff on Comixology, which we have Demons is now out on print via Dark Horse Mm. Comics. So you definitely want to go check that out if you haven't already. And this is going to be a very cool one-on-one. And it's like I said, I can't harp enough about this. When you have those one-on-ones... With, an, with a creator talking to a mm-hmm. moderator and you're just in there, they really deep dive into like the thought process that goes into some of the favorite creations that you have. So this is something that if you're a fan of a creator, definitely go check out their spotlights. And listen, Scott Snyder, what else can I say about him? He is a fantastic writer. His Batman is my Batman. Enough said about that. What you got, Pat? Uh, taking place at 11 o'clock in the Indigo Ballroom at the Hilton San Diego Bayfront is the origin story you've been waiting for, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai. Uh, this is taking place at 11 a.m. And the description of this reads, quote, Magic, Mystery, Mayhem, and Mogwai. The, sec- the cast and crew of Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai answer your questions about the upcoming HBO Max animated prequel series. Executive producers C. Uh, Chun. Uh, and Brand, uh, Brendan Hay, alongside uh, Tara Ruping, art director, Isaac Wang, the voice of Sam, A.J. Locascio, uh, voice of Gizmo, Gabriel Nevea Green, voice of Ellie, uh, and others will unveil the first clues to unlocking the secrets of the Mogwai that will leave you hungry for adventure. Just don't eat after midnight. Gremlin's Secrets of Mogwai is produced by Amblin Television in association with Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, so this is obviously the prequel series to the beloved, you know, cult classic film uh, Gremlins. We don't talk about Gremlins too. No, we don't. Uh, but Gremlins one fantastic movie. I love it. Haven't seen it in a while. I should probably remedy that. But this prequel, I'm I'm interested to see. And I, I, they haven't put out anything out for it, so I gotta kind of see a te- teaser trailer before I decide am I gonna watch this when it drops or am I gonna watch this once it's all said and done. I definitely want to check this out. This Gremlins is something that is grown up in the 80s you know about. So this is something definitely keep an eye out for. I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming out of this one. Definitely excited about this. But for me, next up, 11.45 a.m., Marvel Studios. Mm. Now, I want to stress, this is not Marvel Studios. Right, it's not the big one. No, but this is one that Pad was kind of alluding to a little bit, and I think we're going to follow up a bit on the X-Men series and a little bit more. The description... Is reading Marvel's head of, head or Marvel Studios head of streaming television animation Brad Winderbaum, mm-hmm. head of visual development Ryan Minerding, and special guests dive into all things animation with exclusive looks at X Men '97, Hey-o. Marvel Zombies, Hey-o. and What If Season Two and more. Hey-o. So this is something for the animation fans to definitely check out. And like I say, 
I remember reading very quickly on the blurbs about we're going to see mm-hmm. a lot coming out from X-Men 97. I think this will be the first time we see that trailer. Oh, I'm sure. I, I think they're going to allude to it, the one you were mentioning right. earlier. But this is going to be the full-blown. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say the Hall H moment. but I mean, it'll be a, a Hall small H yes, moment. Yes, it definitely will be. So this is one definitely to check out if you're into the animation stuff. And Marvel Animation, listen, it's not the same as DC's. but so There's it's, still some gems. But it's gotten better, though. Yeah. I will say this. Yeah. I think they put a lot of work into it, yeah. and, they're, and they're really honing that craft. So we definitely have to give them their flowers about that. And this is one I'm very interested to see how about Marvel Zombies. I will, I will say that the Marvel animated stuff that's been on Disney Plus, fantastic stuff. The stuff that was put out on Disney, yeah, it's hit or miss whether you like it or not. Like I thought the Avengers show they did on Disney, uh, Disney XD was okay. You know, the Spider-Man one was good. You know, but it, like I said, it's hit or miss. It definitely is. So definitely, this panel will definitely clear up a lot of questions that we have about that. Absolutely. Next up, Pat. Uh, next up, twelve thirty p.m. in uh, uh, Hall H, AMC's Tales of the Walking Dead. Mm. And the description of this reads: "Quote, introducing a new series within the Walking Dead universe." Cast and creatives discuss the anthology of life and death, high-stakes survival with, uh, within Tales of the Walking Dead. Cast will appear to discuss their exploration of unique stories within these standalone episodes focused on both new and established characters within the Walker, Walker apocalypse. Creators will share their thoughts on single-episode storytelling, and Cast will share behind-the-scenes anecdotes about these stories. Plus, view the premiere of the series trailer, close quote. They're being very vague on who's going to be here. I think we're going to get some surprise appearances from cast members you wouldn't necessarily expect. Obviously, there's probably going to be one about with Norman Reedus of as Daryl because duh reasons. You know, I would not be surprised if if maybe there's a Shane episode or maybe even a Governor episode because there were two uh, novels written about the Governor pre his appearance in the comics and the movie and, and the show. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact that they're being deliberately vague about cast, because like a lot of these panels that you see for a TV show or a movie or, or animated stuff, they'll mention like cast members who are going to be there. This one, they're not even mentioning that. I'll one up you. I think you're going to see Rick and Shane pre zombie apocalypse. Oh, give it to me. Doing a little cop episode. Give it to me. I, I think you're, I fully think you're going to see that. I think you could see a Merle episode. Oh, that'd be Michael good. Rucker. Rucker would be good. Yeah. So I think that might be your Daryl cameo, maybe introduction. I could see that going down. Maybe we'll see what happened with Shane and Lori while Rick was in a coma. That could happen as well. And I'm also going to say the long shot. Okay. Lee and Clementine. Oh, from the telltale games. Oh, this would be the perfect spot to do it. Uh-huh. I think that now is now's the time you're going to do that. Because the one thing that they can do with this anthology series is you literally don't have to follow anything. No. And if there's a character in the fandom, you can do it. Yeah. And Lee and Clementine has been somebody that has been mentioned throughout. For the, 10 years now. Yeah, since the inception of the Telltale Games. So this is one of those situations where if you plug and play now, perfect timing. Mm-hmm. And especially for a fan base that, let's be honest. We're coming near the end of the road for the flagship show. Fear the Walking Dead is still going on. Not much sure how longer that's going to go. Right. Because obviously they're still in a nuclear wasteland. <laughs> right. So reasons. But I'd love to see that continue on further. But you're in a situation where the fans are getting a little tired and want to see something different. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect way to do it. If they yeah. want, if they actually wanted to borrow the visitor. Story, okay. the one shot that he did. Oh, with, yeah, yeah. You know, which uh, is the only comic I believe Ryan, uh, Robert Kirkman did not write involved in The Walking Dead. Right. In recent memory, unless something's came out super suddenly. So if that is the situation, please correct me at odpodcast.com. Um, 
it's this is a time to really you know get the ball rolling, and yeah. especially for the Walking Dead, that this will be the last Comic Con as a running show. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I think they would come back and do the one year reminiscence. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're going to see that, but obviously, we'll get to that a little later in this day. But for the Walking Dead to wrap up shop, you definitely want to if you're going to keep that fan base going, you got to keep them sure. excited. So this is a way to do it. Next up for you, Pat. Uh, taking place at 1 o'clock in room 7AB is Lucasfilm Publishing Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Hmm. This is the panel I absolutely love, and if you are a Star Wars fan, you should definitely keep your, uh, if you're not able to attend, keep your eyes on social media. If you're able to attend and you are a Star Wars fan, I highly recommend you check this out because the description reads, quote, from the days of the glorious High Republic to the age of rebellion to the time of the fearsome First Order. Join some of Lucasfilm Publishing's all-star authors as they discuss stories uh, from throughout the entire Star Wars saga, including reveals, announcements, and sneak peeks. Featuring Kristen Baver, uh, who worked on Timelines, uh, Cecile Castellucci from Star Wars Moving Target, Adam Christopher, who worked on uh, Shadow of the Sith, Claudia Gray, who worked on The High Republic, The Fallen Star, George Mann, uh, who worked on The High Republic, Quest for the Hidden City, Beth Revis, uh, who worked on The Princess and the Scoundrel, which is yet to come out yet, and I'm very excited for. Mm. Uh, Kevin Scott, who worked on The High Republic, The Rising Storm. And Chris uh, Kirsten White, who worked on Padawan, moderated by Lucasfilm's Michael Siglin. Uh, so this is obviously the panel where they talk about what they've worked on, what they might be working on. They show you some covers. They show you some, hey, here's a book we haven't announced yet. Why don't we talk about this? And you never know what you're going to get. I went to the one at New York Comic Con a couple of years ago. Uh, where Timothy Zahn decided to go, hey, by the way, surprise, surprise, I just handed in my first draft of a new uh, Thrawn novel, and the place went absolutely fucking bananas. Uh, so if you're a Star Wars novel fan, definitely something to check out, as I myself am. I cannot wait to hear the news coming out of this. Yeah, this is one that definitely Star Wars fans are going to have circled on their calendars. It always delivers big things. It's always something that will get the fan base excited to talk about, mm-hmm. so you definitely want to check that out. For me, 12.30, though, DC's Gotham. Ooh. So the description reads, In a town like Gotham, it takes the bravest heroes to keep the city safe from the worst villains in crime. Panelists deep dive into some of the heroes, anti-heroes, and supervillains to make Gotham the wildest city in all of comics. So this is going to feature uh, some very noble creators, Rom V, okay. Sean Gordon Murphy, okay. Teeny Howard, and Jacques. Hey. So this is an all-star lineup, so if you really want to talk some Gotham City fewer panels will get down like this. And I'm yeah. going to tell you, this is going to be something for every single Batman fan to go check out. Yeah. Next up, Pat. Uh, next up for me, 1.30, uh, taking place in Hall H, AMC's The Walking Dead. Uh, the description of this reads, quote, Cast and creatives of the flagship series of The Walking Dead discuss the highly anticipated remaining episodes of the decade-long apocalyptic drama. Celebrate the monumental journey of this beloved series and characters as we follow their arcs in the final eight episodes of this epic final season coming to AMC and AMC Plus this fall. Plus a look at the official trailer for the upcoming final episodes, close quote. So that's right, that's right, uh, folks, for those of you who are like, God, the show's still going. I can't believe it hasn't ended yet. Don't worry. It is very soon. Uh, It's got eight more episodes coming back sometime this fall. They haven't said yet, but I'm going to guess they're going to go with their usual like end of October uh, like they usually do. Uh, and then we'll see where they go from here because, as they've said, they've got stories for decades to come. So, well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be bittersweet. I mean, yeah. this is one of those situations that if you've been going to cons as long as Pat and I have. Now, granted, yeah. we are New York Comic Con veterans. Yep. This is San Diego we haven't been to yet. But every year when we go to New York, 
we'd always go hit the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel. Mm-hmm. And obviously when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wrapped up shop, it was a bittersweet one because yeah. a lot of great memories were there. I mean, yeah. And I've been to the Walking Dead panels at New York. Mm-hmm. So to see it now all come to you know a closure, it, it's a bittersweet moment, but it's something that if you're still a fan of the genre, you're still a fan of the show, you definitely want to keep your eye on. And to see how they're going to close this out after so long, yeah, this is something that... Is, even if you walked away from the show, I think they're going to get a big turnout for this. Oh, guaranteed. You know, the, just to see, okay, this is how it all wrapped that up. Final, that final episode is going to get monster rating numbers. I would imagine so, unless it's up against something crazy for football. Uh, that could, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that could throw it off. Yeah, that could. Because if there's a real big game. Think of it, though. Think of it is, though, is Walking Dead in its heyday, like when I was in college. So that was around 20, like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on the matchups, but there were some weeks because I was real interested in the Walking Dead ratings numbers. There were some weeks where it would come close, if not beat, yeah. the Sunday Night Football uh, in ratings. Well, it's the one thing about the show that when Robert Kirkman created this way back when, I don't think he realized of how much it would connect with a pop culture audience looking for something different. Well, and, and especially because you think about it at the time, there was nothing else on TV like it. Mm-hmm. Netflix hadn't really come into into its swing with its own original programming. Amazon prime, I think was a thing, but they didn't have their own original programming. Mm-hmm. You know, Hulu was a thing, but it wasn't what it is today. It was more the, Hey, it's, it's your favorite show is available the next day for, for streaming. You know, HBO max wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Disney Plus didn't even exist. So it was literally the only thing of its kind on broadcast. Yeah. And then, obviously, the show had risen to such a popularity, like you touched upon. It was the number one show on television yeah. for for a quick hiccup. And then, obviously, the pop culture audience got really introduced to how close they were following the comics. See, Negan and Glenn. Uh-huh. And then I think the pop culture audience was not prepared for where the story was going. And I think that that's where you kind of look at where it started tailing off a bit. But... I think they'll still come back to see how this all ends. And obviously I know there's going to be a lot of memories made at this panel. So you definitely want to go check that if you're a fan. But next up on my list though, is there is a show coming out on Amazon studios, mm-hmm. paper girls. Now this is one thirty on Friday too. Okay. So this is based off the uh, comic from Brian K Vaughn and Cliff Chang. So this is something that's got a lot of hype behind it. It's debuting on prime video. On July 29th. Okay. We are going to have a Parlay Points blog out before then a little bit, so definitely keep an eye out for that. But this is one that I definitely want to talk about, and the uh, preview reads like such. Paper Girls is a high-stakes personal journey following four Paper Girls, Aaron, Mac, Tiffany, and KJ, who are out on their early delivery route in the early morning hours after Halloween 1988 when they become caught in the crossfire between the warring time travelers, changing the course of their lives forever. So this is going to be something, I'm not going to say it's going to be as big as Stranger Things per se. Probably not. But I think, though, you're seeing a lot more shows kind of taking that time travel back to the 80s. Sure. And to really capture that vibe. This could be, obviously, a lot different. But if you've read the books, you know that this is something that to definitely check out. The fact we're getting more independent comics picked up for series. This is going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. So definitely keep your eye out for that on the 29th. And like I say, I just need to check about uh, embargoes and such. But there will be a Parlay Points blog out uh, talking about the show as well. Right. So definitely keep an eye out for that. But Friday, July 22nd, that's when it goes it drops. And then next on my list, though, Slaughterverse. This is the world of something is killing the children. <laughs> so you know I'm a big fan of this comic line from Boom Studios. Yep. This is something definitely I've lined up. 
And I'll just read the description as follows. In 2019, Erica Slaughter introduced readers to the secret world of monsters and hunters who hunt them. In 2021, the doors open to the House of Slaughter where the expanding world of Erica is, is into a storytelling universe. Now entering its fourth year of publishing. Wow. The best-selling Eisner-nominated series is only just getting started. So James Tynan is going to be there. Eric Harbaugh is going to be there uh, from Boom Studios. And they're going to give you a behind-the-scenes. They're going to talk about everything going on with this uh, book. And if you have not read it, I mean, it is a very, very excellent read. Each issue I picked up is great. But you have to be in the horror stuff. You have to be in a little supernatural. They do a, a fantastic job with both books. I can't recommend them enough. But this is something you definitely want to keep your eyes out for. Pat, what you got? Uh, next up for me is taking place at 3.30 p.m. Uh, in the room 6A. And this is Avatar Braving the Elements Live. Uh, this is one for if you're in attendance and you're looking for something to do. Highly recommend you check this out because it'll be energetic. It'll be fun. And having been to one myself, it's a ton of fun. And you never know who's going to show up or what's going to happen. Uh, the description of this reads, quote, ready to explore the amazing world of Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar Braving the Elements, the official companion podcast co-produced by Nickelodeon and iHeartRadio is back for season two and bringing you an episode live from Comic-Con. Hosts Janet Varney, the voice of Korra, and Dante Bosco, the voice of Prince Zuko, conduct a -a one-of-a-kind panel that takes you behind the scenes of how Avatar was brought to life. Uh, So this is a show that's been going for two seasons now. They're uh, in the early episodes of season two of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, where they'll recap an episode, but then they'll also interview some cast or uh, actors, actresses from the show. Uh, They just had an episode drop today as we record where they went to interview, uh, what is it, uh, the actress Cricket Lee, who voiced Mai uh, in Avatar The Last Airbender. It's a fantastic podcast, and and it's been really fun to just hear from some of the cast and creators, uh, you know, of the show. A couple weeks ago, they they interviewed the gentleman who voices the cabbage merchant Mm. uh, in the show, which if you're familiar, you're familiar with his catchphrase, my cabbages, you know, so the man's got his own Funko Pop, like Nuff said. Uh, like I said, I've been to one of these panels, uh, been to this panel when they did it in New York last year. So my recommendation is if you are in attendance at San Diego Comic-Con and you want to attend this panel, get there early. Yeah. Because while this is in room 6A, uh, I guarantee you it will fill out and they, they will cap the line and you won't be able to get in. Because when I was there for New York, I had to leave the AEW panel early because I knew it was going to cap out. And by the time I got to the line, about... Six people behind me, they finally cut off the line. So I just made it in. So my recommendation for this panel, get there early. Yeah, that's one thing, too. If you really want to get to a panel, like you have one circled, like the ones we're talking about right now, if you're going to San Diego, make sure you plan enough time to get in line. Mm -hmm. And this includes for autograph signings, too. Make sure to see what you need to do. If you have to go buy something ahead of time, if you get a prepaid ticket, whatever you need to do just to make sure that you're caught up. So you don't want to go walk in there 10 minutes before and thinking like, well, oh, wait, I just missed everything. Well, and, and especially with some of these panels, they might bump up. It's like, oh, hey, five minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, to the next panel. If you've got a panel that ends at, say, 2.30, mm-hmm. and then you got one starting at 3 or, or 2.45, if you're in a panel and they're in the Q&A portion where, like, they're, they're giving mic to fans and fans can ask questions, mm-hmm. 
don't it's cool to hear some of the questions don't be afraid to leave and yeah because it, it gives yourself just an added five minutes ten minutes and it does help and it helps and it, and it means you don't have to run all the way across the show floor up you know three escalators up two flights of stairs just to get to wherever you're going and be out of breath yeah so definitely want to keep that in mind especially when you're trying to get into those big panels because avatar still is a big fan base oh like, absolutely i know it might not be like a household name per se right hey they got three movies coming but they got enough weight behind them that they're definitely gonna be making some moves mm-hmm. on my list 215 introducing transformers earth spark so pad do you know about this no i don't because i know you're a transformers guy description reads autobots roll out meet the next generation of heroes in the new original animated series transformers earth spark okay from nickelodeon and entertainment one the paramount plus original series oh will showcase an insider event that celebrates a new take on the iconic global franchise with behind-the-scenes looks and casting and clips from the series. So, this is going to be something for the Transformer fans yeah. that kind of flew under the radar. Like I said, when I was reading this, I was like, I had not heard anything about this. No. But that's the cool thing about when you're covering about cons is when you get to deep dive into some panels, and there is something for every single kind of fandom, too. There is not just... You know, Marvel and DC, a lot of the indies get a chance to shine. A lot of the comic characters, the cartoon characters. This is where you get to really celebrate the fandom with your fellow fans and getting to see new pro- new properties come out like this. That's going to be a real treat. So definitely want to check that one out. 2.30. No, not so strange about fellows. The relationship between comics and pro wrestling. Uh-oh. If there wasn't a panel that screamed ODPH, I don't know what is. Yeah, really. So the description reads, some have called it the spectacle of pro wrestling, a, a quote-unquote comic book come to life. That is not far from the truth. From the heroics of Hulk Hogan to the anti-heroics of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the villainy of Ric Flair, this panel explores the parallels between character development and storyline advancement between these outrageous forms. So this is going to be something to definitely check out if you're a comic fan. There's a a complete star-studded panel coming to talk about this that definitely worked in, uh, you know, with comics and and wrestling. So you definitely want to go check this out. I mean, Headlock Comics is going to be in attendance for this. And they always do a fantastic show. So you want to make sure you check this out, especially if you are a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. Three o'clock, though, we have the first Marvel Comics panel, I believe, hey. on the docket. And that is 60 Years of Spider-Man, a wow. week in Marvel special event. So Agent M will be uh, heading this one up with Nick Lowe and Dan Slott is going to be joining in. Uh, talking basically about 60 years of the Amazing Spider-Man and with Amazing or yeah, Amazing Fantasy 1000. There, that's that just, wild. That sounds crazy to say. That's wild. But it's true. And then uh, they're also hinting about Edge of the Spider-Verse as well. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff. If you're a Spider-Man fan, you definitely want to make sure you're attendance for. And when Marvel Comics does a panel, if you're a comic book fan, I will tell you firsthand from New York Comic Con, they put on a top shelf show. Yes, they do. You want to make sure you're in attendance for it. They got a lot of cool stuff that they're going to be doing, and especially for 60 years of Spider Man. Crazy. Like, I'm surprised that like, it's kind of this low key about it. But then again, it's not because it's a San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be something definitely to check out. Three o'clock, though, Hall H. Oh. So you know this is a big project. Yes. Keanu Reeves Berserker. Oh, yeah. The Immortal Saga continues. Yeah. So. To read the description, since its record-breaking debut in 2021, the Berserker comic has been thrilling readers with the story of a half-mortal, half-god warrior as he battles through the ages seeking to answer the mystery of his endless, blood-soaked existence and is how to end it. The comic we've been covering on Parley Points, listen, it's, it lives up to the hype. It's the real deal. I'm going to put that out there right now. Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. is going to be uh, on the panel for this one as he's a co-writer with Matt Kent and Ron Garney. So they're going to be talking about the Berserker film. They're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that's going on, especially as the series is coming to an end. 
very, very soon. They're on the final uh, arc stretch and where they're going from here too because there's a lot of stuff you want to keep an eye out for. If you haven't gotten familiar with Berserker, go check it out. I will say it's not for the squeamish though. It's very violent as, as it lives. They don't exactly pull punches about that, so you want to make sure that you can definitely take it, but they put on a great book. And like I say, it's a phenomenal read. I said Keanu's got something really cool happening with this one. Very quickly, 4 o'clock, Major Wrestling uh, Figures Podcast and Major Bendy's. Oh, okay. So we know Matt Cardona, or I should say in the GCW voice, Matt Cardona. Yeah. Uh, Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Michael Kanick okay. are going to be discussing the process of making uh, action figures and what's coming out for, with them uh, over the next couple of years. So, so Matt Cardona, noted action figure enthusiast. To put it mildly, Pat. <laughs> to put it mildly. Yeah. But it'll be an entertaining panel, nevertheless. Like, you know, and all kidding aside, they're going to put on a great show. If you want to check that out. Uh, next on my list, I'm not sure if it's on yours, Pat. Four o'clock, Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah. Marvel Fanfare. So, once again, Marvel Comics making a big deal. C.B. Sabalski, editor-in-chief, is going to come there and answer some questions, talk about literally everything and anything that's involved in the Marvel Universe. So, this is going to be something, especially if you're into Marvel Comics, you definitely want to go... Whenever they have these editor the chiefs uh, yeah. panels, whether it's Joe Casada or, or CB, they do a really good job just interacting with the fans. They answer anything you throw at them, and they were promising uh, maybe an exciting giveaway and a special guest. Nice. I know the one year Charlie Cox came through. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, and yeah. So it's not to say it's out of the realm of thought that somebody might come through there just to say hi. It's Marvel, so anything is possible. Yes. Next up, Pat. Uh, taking place at 4.30 in Hall H, Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. The description of this reads, quote, Just one month prior to the theatrical release of Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, here members of the cast and crew offer stories and insights from the film and an exclusive look at the first 20 minutes. And, of course, giveaways. Uh, so this is the movie. This is the next uh sp- Story in the Dragon Ball universe. Uh, this is the furthest story or the latest story uh, in the animation. Obviously, the manga is uh, ahead of this. I'm not sure where this fits in, mm-hmm. uh, but the movie's coming out. Uh, fair warning: there are spoilers online because it's the theatrical release stateside and internationally. It's already been out in Japan, so there are spoilers abound on yeah. social media. So dodge carefully, folks. Uh, but no, this is definitely something to look forward to, and who knows what we might get out of this? Uh, you never know. DBZ is a big franchise. Yeah, it is. You know they're going to draw some noise about that. Going since the 80s, I think? Maybe even the 70s? Something wild like that. It's crazy, but, I mean, that's one thing when fans are passionate about a property. Yeah. They they are very tough to let it go, so you know that's something they're going to definitely be, Mm -hmm. you know, having something to say about. Yep. So... That said, if you're a DBZ fan, you definitely want to go keep an ear out for the news coming out of that. Absolutely. What you got next, Pat? Uh, next up at 545 in room 6BCF is The Walking Dead Last Mile, The Future of Entertainment. Uh, this one caught my eye because this is what I'm like, hey, Walking Dead Last Mile, I've not heard of this. Mm. Uh, description of this reads, quote, The Walking Dead Last Mile is the next big installment in the beloved franchise created by Robert Kirkman. But this time the story is driven by you, the fans. Actress, comedian, and Walking Dead superfan Yvette Nicole Brown and actress-slash-creator Felicia Day co-moderate a discussion with massively interactive live event, Mile, creator Jacob Navick of Genvid Entertainment, creative executive uh, Mike Rogers of Skybound Entertainment, senior writer and producer Jessica Woodard of Terrible Posture Games, and Matthew Ball, noted Metaverse author and producer on TWDLM, Uh, The team will share the latest details of this mile exclusively on Facebook. All attendees receive an exclusive T-shirt. I have no idea what this is, but this sounds interesting. 
Yeah. The fact that it's a Walking Dead story, you know, driven by us, the fans, hey, I'm here for it. You know, when I first heard about this panel, I was thinking, okay, how are we doing this? Right. And are we going to go like the choose your own adventure style? Right. Because that's like the Telltale game. So I was yeah. like, are we are we going back to that universe? Are we like, what exactly are we doing? I don't know. So this is something I think is kind of cool to try doing, especially with the fan base. And like we touched upon, to keep The Walking Dead fresh, you got to do some very cool, creative things. This sounds like something that is going to work. Yeah. You know, like something like you have my interest. So at least I can say that as a fan, I'm very intrigued at what's going on here. I'm not sure what the end game is going to be with it. But I'm still invested enough that I'm like I want to find out some more information about this because with the series transition and we don't have fear coming back for a little bit, I want to be somehow connected with the Walking Dead universe is a perfect way to do it. So definitely excited about that. So next on my list, 630, the world premiere of Green Lantern Beware My Power. Hmm. So description reads, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment continues its annual Comic-Con tradition by hosting debuts of the DC Universe movies with the world premiere of Green Lantern Beware My Power, an all-new intergalactic thriller starring Jon Stewart's first adventure, or featuring Jon Stewart's first adventure as a member of the Green Lantern Corps. So in the film, the initially reluctant Stewart is aided by Green Arrow, Adam Strange, and Hawkgirl must contend with a horde of inter- interplanetary killers bent on eliminating every Green Lantern in the universe. Hmm. Uh, so this is going to be something. Definitely check out Eldis Hodge is going to be voicing John Stewart. Okay. So you know him from Black Adam and One Night in Miami. So this is going to be something. Definitely keep an eye out for. Super excited to check this one out because I mean, obviously, anytime DC does anything animated, you know it's going to be something very cool to check out. Yeah. So definitely keep an eye out for this, especially if you're a fan of those. I know when we've gone to the different panels in New York, they always put on a great showcase. Yeah, for they that. do. So you definitely want to make sure that that is circled on your calendar of stuff to attend. And then closing out fr- or Friday night for me, 8 p.m., the Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards. Mm. So this is basically the biggest award you can give comic creators in the business. This is going to literally, like I say, when you have the Eisner attached to you, that is the highest accolade you can get as any kind of critic or any kind of anything to say that you are the best of the best. Right. Sorry, like that's this is the easiest way to put it. It's like your Oscars, your Emmys. This is for the comic book fans. The Eisners are up there. I would say the Ringos are there too. So there's like 1A, 1B with me, but this is something definitely keep an eye out for 8 p.m. on Friday night. So overall, Friday's got a lot going on with it. Rob Servations are going to be happening with Rob Liefeld too, so if you're a fan of his work. And like I talked about, the Image Comic Creators 30 years, that's a big deal going on there too. They also have a, a panel talking about Bizarro, like the character. It's it's a cool thing to see at Comic-Con, so you definitely want to go check that out as well. Frank Miller's got a spotlight going on, too. There is so many cool moments happening at San Diego Comic-Con. You definitely want to go check it out. And like I say, I can't stress enough, make sure you're keeping an eye on social media on odphpodcast.com, your favorite comic book uh, podcast as well, too, because everybody's going to be talking about this movies. This is how big this event is, and we're only in the two days of it. So definitely make sure to follow us on hashtag ODPHpod for the latest updates going into the weekend as well. But for right now, let's get a quick breakout. We've already talked Thursday and Friday. we got two more days to go talking San Diego Comic-Con on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. So make sure to use that hashtag ODPHpod. Hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking about Thursday and Friday. We're going to take a quick break, and let's talk Saturday and Sunday. Do not adjust your dial, or, well, your phone, your watch, or whatever the heck you're using to listen to the awesome podcast you're currently listening to. I am the Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, and I am here to tell you that being a nerd can be a bit overwhelming, especially after 30. 
Life moves pretty fast in our nerd culture, and if you don't take the time to notice things, you miss out. That's why I'm here. As your Duke of Nerds, I am charged with educating and enlightening and entertaining you on all things nerdy. I do it by running the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. 30 and Nerdy is a bad cast company production and currently playing wherever you cast your pod. Follow along each episode using the hashtag 30andnerdypod. And check out what all is going on at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Whether it's DC, Marvel, comics, or video games, I have got you covered. So tune in now. Cheers to you, nerds. Coming back for a second segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, breaking down San Diego Comic-Con 2022. Last segment, we talked Thursday and Friday. Now it's time to talk the big day of the weekend. I have to say, I think everybody that's following San Diego Comic-Con, especially at comic-con.org, where we're getting all our information from, has got this date circled on the calendar, and they're kicking off in a big way, Pad. Yeah, kicking off at 10.15 in the morning uh, on Saturday in Hall H. And you know it's going to be a stacked Saturday if this is what's kicking off Saturday. Warner Brothers Theatrical Panel. Description of this reads, quote, Warner Brothers Pictures returns to Comic-Con International San Diego. Continuing the studio's tradition of bringing the fans an exciting Hall H presentation, this year's lineup of the highly anticipated Black Adam and Shazam! Fury of the Gods with the huge stars Dwayne Johnson, Zachary Levi, and more. You know the DC is smart about this. The Rock knows the temp in the room. Obviously, everything is going to shut down later the, that day yeah. on all your social medias. Yeah, so good good to get your press and your notoriety now because you're going to get dwarfed later in the day. Uh-huh. There's no chance of anybody else getting anything out news and noteworthy between 5 and 7 p.m. to say the least. Uh-huh. And then it's still going to be tough after that because with, obviously, the MCU returning to Hall H, all eyes are going to be on the Marvel Studios panel. But in the meantime, though, in the morning, DC is smart about it. Warner Brothers Discovery is very, very you know, calculating about this. The Rock will kick off the day. Yeah. We're going to get some more footage probably from Black Adam. We're going to get some the Shazam 2 full trailer, I would imagine. Yeah. I'm guessing a Blue Beetle trailer if I have to speculate. Right. And also, we might get some information about some of the HBO Max shows. Maybe. So I'm thinking they really want to hit the ground running, hit it very fast. And definitely get in and get out. Not saying they're ducking Marvel by any means, but let's face it. They're being smart. They're being very, very calculated about this, and I have to applaud them for that. But what a way to kick off the day. But for me, though, 10 a.m., i got to take a trip to the Massiverse. Hey. So Welcome to the Massiverse is the title of the panel, and you know that we're big Radiant Black Massiverse fans here on the ODPH Podcast. Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, Melissa Flores, Cherish Chen, Matt Groom, and Michael Basiddle are going to be breaking out everything and anything that is the Massiverse. So if you're talking Rogue Sun, you're talking Inferno Girl Red, the Dead Lucky hashtag, August or Dead Lucky Day is August 3rd, if you haven't already gotten that circled. I'm going to tell you yet again, so make sure you have that all locked up. And of course, Radiant Black and Radiant Red. Everything going on with the Massiverse is a big deal, so this is going to be something for comic book fans to go check out. Expecting a lot of news coming out of this one. Super excited about everything they're doing over there, because that whole black market narrative team is just on point right now with all the stuff that they have going on. Such a creative, like, you know, brain trust there. Yeah. I have to say, because from Ryan Parrott doing Rogue Sun and the Choose Your Own Adventure book they has, like, mm-hmm. the style coming out, to the QR code that's coming out from... Radiant Black that they had the the, oh, yeah. the short with I mean yeah the little short movie they're doing so much creative stuff in that group like it's truly phenomenal to watch especially thirty years of Image Comics and this is the shared universe that everybody's super excited about now 
Man, sign me up. I can't wait to go check out what they got coming up. Yeah. Next up. Uh, next up is taking place at 10.30 a.m. in room 6BCF, and this is the Naruto 20th anime anniversary panel. Uh, and the description of this reads, Celebrate Naruto with fantastic voice actors Amanda C. Miller, who voices Baruto, and Tom Jibis, who voices Shikamaru. Joining them will be basketball star, Jordan Brand athlete, and hardcore Naruto fan Zion Williamson. Hey, now. Uh, and find out how Naruto has inspired Zion and his latest Jordan brand collaboration. All attendees will get a limited edition Naruto anniversary poster. Hard to believe it's been 20 years of the anime. Uh, definitely one of the more beloved animes. You know, I'm going through it myself. I went through the Naruto series. I'm going through Naruto Shippuden as we speak. Uh, but I'm taking my time. I'm not, like, rushing to get caught up to Baruto or anything. I'm, it's going to take me a while. Uh, but I'm definitely loving it. And, and to hear Zion's a fan, hey like makes me like him even more yeah this is kind of wild to hear but naruto is obviously a big anime you know that there's going to be a lot of eyes on this panel and mm-hmm. to see zion's att- attached to it i mean that's very cool it's like cool. you know you find out more and more athletes are into anime yeah so this is definitely something to keep an eye out for so you definitely want to have that circled on your calendars mm-hmm. for me well comiXology has a couple panels coming out a little spotlight edition so tula lote is going to be talking at 11 a.m she is the artist that's on uh, barnstormers right now on the Comicsology Originals line, which just came out. And at 12 o'clock, too, it's Comicsology Originals presents Conversations with Jamal Eigel and Dan Panoshan. So if you're not familiar with their work, uh, currently they're also on the Comicsology line. Eigel is the artist on Dudley, Datsun, and The Forever Machine, which is a fantastic book. And Panoshan is on Canary with Scott Snyder writing, too. So it's very cool when they have those one-on-one panels yeah. that they're going to be talking to everybody about. So definitely want to make sure you're in attendance for that if you are a fan of you know getting those creative ones i always love doing that so that's something i dig and then at 11 15 2 on saturday it's another image slash dc comics panel mm. and i have to put the slash there because when i saw this i i had the same reaction that i mentioned earlier it's wild storm's 30th anniversary so in 1992 jim lee when he left Marvel and the X-Men franchise, formed his own stable of Wildstorm Productions. Mm-hmm. You might know Wildcats. You might know Gen 13. That's all under the banner there. And he's done so much with the the start of Image. I mean, when everybody starts spawning off into their, no pun intended, into their own studios. Yeah. You had the Extreme Studios with Robert Liefeld. You had Top Cow Productions with Mark Silvestri, which they have a panel at 12 o'clock, too, doing the 30-year anniversary for that. But Wildstorm was the one that really kind of jumped out and really went in some you know very cool directions. The cliffhanger line definitely was one that I remember reading and always thought was very cool. And this is going to be like a very cool trip down memory lane and just you know hearing about the stories that went in behind this. Because if you did not grow up in that era of comics, you don't really understand how big that was. Mm-hmm. That when... Marvel and the original seven of Image parted ways. That was unheard of. I mean, that was before the internet really took off. So you're in at the comic shops like, wait, what? Yeah. And then to see the books come out, and I mean, obviously, very polarizing start at the beginning, too, because, you know, it was a long time between issues. But once they got the ball rolling, and Wildstorm was usually on point with their stuff, too, it was truly a fun thing to be a part of. And to hear those stories come come back to life here, I'm definitely interested to check this one out. Next up for you, Pad. Uh, taking place at 11.30 a.m. in Hall H, House of the Dragon. Uh, and the description of this reads, based on George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood. Who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the HBO original series House of Dragon is set 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones and tells the story of House Targaryen. The series debuts August 21st on HBO and HBO Max. Panelists include co-creator slash executive producer George R. R. Martin, 
co-creator slash co-showrunner slash executive producer slash writer. Boy, that's a lot of titles. Yeah. Ryan uh, Condal, co-showrunner slash executive producer slash director, uh, Miguel uh, Sopinchik, and Patty uh, Considine, uh, King Viserys Targaryen, Matt Smith, Prince Damon Targaryen, Olivia Cook, uh, Alinchant Hightower, Emma Darcy, Princess Reyna Targaryen, uh, Stephen Toussaint, Lord Coles Valerian, Eva Best, Princess uh, Rhaenys Targaryen, uh, Fabian Frankel, Sir Kristen Cole, Graham McTavish, Sir Harold Westerling, Millie Alec, a young Princess Rhaenyra Targaryen, and Emily uh, Carey, young Alinchant Hightower. And it's going to be moderated by Jason uh, Conception, who is a podcast host. Obviously, this is the prequel to Game of Thrones, highly anticipated. Uh, should note, the showrunners of Game of Thrones have absolutely nothing to do with this series. So, in theory, it should be a little bit better than the ending of the last show. Uh, but I'm cautiously optimistic about this. You know, I, I like the Game of Thrones books. I've got this bo- uh, the book this show is based on on my reading list. You know, it's on my bookshelf at home. i got to get to it. Uh, but I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I, I liked Game of Thrones up until the final season, so I'm I'm hopeful it's going to be good. I have the same fear as I do with Lord of the Rings. Oh to yeah. Be, to be, I mean, to be honest with you, I do love Game of Thrones. The end of the season, polarizing in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. But to go back to the well, I mean, how many times can you recreate the magic? That's right. that's the problem that you have to face here. Not saying it can't be done, but let's face it: when you talk about going back. And, re, you know, doing prequels and doing such like that. Like, not everything is Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that. Right. That you have a lot of shows that try, you know, grasping for those straws. And they and they just come up empty-handed. So I mean, the thing with this is, like, yeah, prequels are hard to do. But I think with this being 200 years before Game of Thrones, there's a couple of things that, like, okay, you got to have it set by the time the show's all, all over and done with. But it's not like Star Wars. We're like, okay, X, Y, Z, A, B, and C all have to be done before this this series is over yeah i mean that's the one thing too that is in their favor i'm i'm optimistic for it but they gotta really work through some things that are not even their own fault like you touched upon the last season of game of thrones definitely left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths mm-hmm. so depending on how they want to wash that palate i mean it's gonna be anybody's guess but this is true we'll get the first kind of temp in the room from this panel so definitely mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that Next up. Uh, next up, taking place at 1245 uh, in Hall H, and this one's an hour and a half. Uh, this is the Star Trek Universe panel. Yes. And this uh, one, just the description reads, quote, The Star Trek Universe panel returns to Comic-Con, featuring exclusive back-to-back conversations with the cast and executive producers from Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Lower Decks, and Star Trek Strange New Worlds to discuss the latest seasons of their hit series and tease what's ahead, along with a few reveals and surprises. They're doing a lot of big things, especially on Paramount Plus with yeah, the they are. Universe. Yeah, so they this are. is going to be something to definitely check out. I got to get it, you know, back into it a little bit. I'm too tied up watching some other things. Oh, me too. But from what I know from the Star Trek fans we talked to, the stuff they've been putting out has been very top notch. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely worth the Hall H moment, and I'm expecting to hear some big things coming out of this one as well. So I mean, that's that's the one cool thing about those franchises is that when even when you think it's low key. It's really not. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be something that is going to be definitely exciting that fan base up a little bit. Next up, 1 o'clock, I think we both have circled on our calendars, X-Men Animated 30th Anniversary. Yeah. So the description reads, it's the X-Men's Animated 30th, uh, animated series 30th Anniversary. So they're going to be having a retrospective about the team and just the history of the show. And yep. 
like I say, very nostalgic yeah. with a lot of the stuff they have going on. Because obviously, I think every day this on on San Diego Comic-Con, they've had something for the 97 animated series. Mm-hmm. And well-deserved, too. Not mad about it at all. So you're definitely going to hear a lot of people that were responsible for it. And probably get a little more insight on what's going on with the reboot and everything going on with that. So definitely something to be excited about. And I will say this on record. It's the only franchise that's got the Dark Phoenix saga right. Yeah, no, this is 100% true. So I'm going to definitely stick to my guns on that one. 145 is next on my list, and that is Boom Studios Discover Yours. So this is going to be talking about some of the new projects that are coming out. Matt Kent, Christopher Cantwell, Michael Dallinus, and Matt Gangon are going to be talking about some stuff coming out on Boom Studios and all the sub uh, book lines they have there. A lot of cool stuff going on with Boom, so definitely want to shout them out. And if you're a fan of their work, and you should be because they're putting in a lot of cool things going on in that studio too, I mean that whole production company, you definitely want to have this circled on your calendar as well. They do have some tough competition, though, at 145 because we are going back to Marvel Comics. Oh, boy. And this is one that I definitely am excited to check out, but I'm a little trepid to walk, and that is because they're going to be talking about Marvel Comics Judgment Day. Oh, yeah. So this is going to be talking about the big crossover that's going on now with the X-Men, Avengers, and the Eternals. So I don't know what to really think of it. I know JVD from Crossover Collision has been talking about it, so it's been really good. I do know if I was in attendance for this, I would be super ecstatic at the panel. Nick Lowe, C.B. Sobolski, Adam Kubert, and David Pepos. Hey. Let's go. Which, by the way, everybody should be watching uh, Marvel Comics Unlimited because he's doing uh, some Avengers books on there, and they're freaking awesome, too, by the way. So, that being said, if you're interested to find out about this big crossover, and you should be if you're into Marvel Comics, you definitely want to make sure you are in attendance for this one. Just go see David Peppos because he's awesome. I'm just going to put that out there. Met him at New York Comic Con. Fantastic person. So go support the hell out of everything he's doing. Savage Avengers is one of the best books on the shelves. At me about it if you say otherwise. I'm waiting for that conversation. 2.30 though, Pat. Mm-hmm. I have to calm down because, you know, like I said, I get animated talking Savage Avengers. But there is a big show that's going on at Hall H. Yeah. And that is The Sandman. Hey. So obviously... We do know that there is a lot of hype going on with this show. Neil Gaiman's iconic adult comic book from DC is going to be hitting Netflix. Right. This is going to be a panel really amping it up because when that drops in August, that is going to be one that is going to be taking over pop culture for the weekend. If you want to get ahead of the game of your pop culture friends, start reading the comics now. Everything I've seen from this show has been literally like reading the panels so that said there's a lot of hype going into the show a lot yeah. of intrigue this panel is going to be breaking it down especially at hall h and rightfully so i would have been shocked if <laughs> yeah it wasn't. i think i'm starting to see some promotional stuff on facebook from them yeah no they're definitely going to go like from the netflix accounts yeah they're going full tilt about it and as they should because trying to verbalize about how multi-layered and amazing this book is mm-hmm like, it's tough because we always kind of hold, like, Watchmen is arguably the greatest comic of all time. And, right. And then if you're, you know, a, a traditional superhero, you know, obviously, you know, Amazing, amazing Fantasy 15. Yep. And, you know, yep. you, you start going to the classics. For the adult comic audience, if Sandman isn't a hit, there isn't Vertigo, there isn't Black Label, a lot of the indie books that are out right now don't really take off. Right. That's how important this book is. And if you haven't like really let that sink in, 
Think about it. Vertigo was like the biggest line of DC Comics at one point because fans were ready to, they grew up from the 70s and 80s. We're now adults and like we're really trying to say like, okay, I want something different. I don't want everything that's, you know, nice and bright and shiny in the Superman land. I want something different. Sandman did that. And it's so just epic reading that now with this show coming out August 5th on Netflix, a lot of hype behind it. And definitely they're going to have a lot to say at this panel. So definitely keep your ears out for that one. What you got up next, Pat? Uh, next up at 3 o'clock p.m. in room 6A is Marvel Comics' next big thing. Uh, this description reads, Marvel's most famous panel returns. C.B. Sabolsky, editor-in-chief, Nick Lowe, VP and executive editor, and editors Darren Shan and Lauren Bism lead a lineup of luminaries including Christopher Cantwell, Iron Man, Ram V, Venom, and Carnage, and Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, what lies ahead for Shang-Chi, Ms. Marvel, Ant-Man, Ghost Rider, and the rest of the Marvel Universe? And what is the mysterious looming danger of the dark web that threatens the future of Spider-Man and the X-Men? This is the only place you can find out. Come to the incredible, re- come for the incredible reveals and stay for a unique giveaway. So this is definitely a panel you got to check out if you are a Marvel Comics fan. A lot of good information drop, a lot of shocking information drop, stuff to get excited about. Uh, so definitely one to check out and be on the lookout for. Yeah, this one's definitely going to be something to really be invested in if you're a comic reader. Right now, Sentinel Liberty is crushing it right now. If you mm-hmm. have not picked it up, it, it's a solid read. And just when they do the next big thing, they really mean that, that these are going to be the, some yeah. of the superstars that if you're not familiar with now, mm-hmm. you're going to be. Yeah. Like they really know who they're picking to really start pushing. And really, you see a lot of the names today that went through this panel. And this is a lot of times where you find out, hey, so-and-so's run on insert comic here is about to come to an end. But, hey, we're ready to reveal who's going to take over. And oftentimes they do it, and the crowd goes, oh, my God, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Rom V's been doing a lot of great work, too. Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, listen, I'm a big fan of what they did with Harbinger. Right. I have screamed that from the high heavens. I know some of our listeners uh, did not like that comic. I don't think they got it. As a longtime Valiant reader, oh, I understood it, and I was very impressed with what they took with it. To see them now on Captain America, that's a huge move for them, and then to see what they got coming with the Marvel Universe. And like I say, whatever is going to be happening at the Avengers panel is going to happen in the Avengers panel. Mm-hmm. This one, though, is for everything else. Like I yeah. say, the whole dark web nonsense is they are alluding to. Yeah. And I don't want to say nonsense in a bad sense, but like it's, it's going to be something out there completely crazy, out of control, and I'm here for it. And I cannot oh, wait to go. You and me both. I can't wait to go check out what they got coming out of this one. Like I say, it's just it's weird when they start saying dark web, and I'm like, I'm just thinking like, oh boy, are we are we going morbid in time? Yeah. Like I say, just reasons for that. Yeah. But either way, I'm excited about this panel, so let's make it happen. Next up for you, Pad? Uh, next up for you, me, and the world at large. Yeah, let's get into it. Five o'clock, Hall H, Marvel Studios. Uh, making their triumphant return since 2018? 2019? 2019. 2019. The uh, description of this reads, Marvel Studios president and producer Kevin Feige and special guests provide an inside look at the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe, close quote. Literally, it's all it says. Uh, so this is where we're going to get our look at stuff down the line, probably some trailers. I've heard talk and I've heard stuff. I've been told that there is a trailer for a certain green-skinned lawyer that's going to get dropped at San Diego Comic-Con. 
just just saying. I know this for a fact. We're going to get one. Uh, who knows what else we're going to get there, but should be a lot of good stuff. Because I remember the 2019 one. They shut down Comic-Con, and they shut down the internet. Yeah, they put an exclamation point with Mahershala Ali coming out as Blade. Yeah, they did. So, like, let's, all right, let's do this locks and leap style. Okay. I'm going to throw a property at you. Sure. You say lock or leap. Okay. She-Hulk. Lock, because uh, uh, listen, I know some stuff. Okay. Well, you are the plug, according to Dre. So we, I, I do know some stuff. That 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 I'm going to put that. That's a stone cold hard lock. Okay. Echo. Uh, lock. Okay. Um, secret invasion. Leap. I, I think I don't think we'll see that one here. Probably the next one. Ironheart. Leap. Armor Wars. Lock. Because they got, I think they're going to be close to start filming that. Okay. Flipping to the movie universe. Yeah. Fantastic Four. Whew. See, for me, that I could, I could see it, but yeah, yeah, yeah lock. I, I, I think it'll, I think it, what it'll be is it'll be the Mahershala Ali, you know, the Steve Jobs. Hey, by the way, one more thing. Type of thing they'll get they'll start getting ready like they're about to end and be like oh they're not going to announce it. oh hey by the way let's bring out the cast of Fantastic Four. See for me, I'm saying that's a lock. Okay, I think if there's one thing, and I know that there has been so much speculation on the net, and it's funny I've been talking to every uh, fellow podcast friend we have from Rich from Three FN to JT from East Coast Avengers to. Uh, I'm blanking because I have so many conversations. Mm-hmm. Not, it just kind of blends. The one thing that we're all pretty much banking on mm-hmm. is we need to remember when Hall H became Hall F and H. Yeah. And the one studio that's done that is Marvel Studios. Right. Every time they go there, they want that crowd reaction. They want that crowd pop. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can see them just saying we're going to do this on D23. I just can't for the for Fantastic no, Four. No, no, I'm, no. For Marvel's first family, that's that's a Hall H moment. Yeah, that that it has to be. So I'm going to say that that is a lock. See, I was flipping between that and X Men. See, in, in my head, I was like, yeah, which one? Which one's more likely? Given you know the stuff with Miss Marvel, which we can say that now because it's been a yeah, week, yeah, it's, it's been a week it, now. It, yeah, it's legal now. Yeah, it's you over know, the embargo. You know, so given the fact that they name dropped mutant in Miss Marvel, you know, and I was kind of going back and forth between that and maybe something involving the X Men, but. Uh, Fantastic Four seems more likely. Fantastic Four, I think, is probably the safest lock we have. Right. I, I genuinely do. Right. I think we are going to have that exclamation point get done. Yeah. With the announcement of Wolverine. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Because there's, there's been some rumors about casting and all that. And I think it's going to be uh, Taron Egerton oh, okay. from uh, Kingsman. Kingsman. He'd be good. Yeah. Got to bulk up a little bit, but he yeah he get him on the Hugh Jackman diet. He's got time, and he's young enough that literally, he, literally just call up Hugh Jackman. Hey, what do you what do you what do I got to do? Oh, exactly. I think the leap would be Deadpool three. Yeah, I think that a, but leap, a lot of talk about that lately. There is, but but obviously with I don't I don't think it's likely, but you, you never know. Well, that's why I say I'm going to do a I'm going to do a locks and leap style. I think it's going to be a leap because I think that that movie is going to be standalone. Yeah, and that movie is not going to be connected to anything. I think Hugh Jackman is going to be reprising his role as Wolverine. He'll be right. Old Man Logan, right? And that's perfectly fine. Yeah, and whatever they want to do for it is fine because it doesn't really matter. Well, and it's and it sounds like Disney and Marvel are kind of like hands off with it. They're just like, hey, you need anything? Call. Yeah, well, I think which is perfect. Well, to understand the character, listen, there are certain characters in the comics universe that are not made for Disney. Deadpool is one. Yeah, Frank Castle is another. Yeah, 
you have to really kind of pick and choose where you're going to plug them in. Like you're, I would say you're arguably never going to see a Punisher Disney Plus show. Well, like, I mean, you could now that there's an age restriction. You you could, but I'm saying like to one that is to the level of uh, the other. The Netflix of, series? Yeah. I mean, again, though, you could because when they implemented the age restrictions, I because I have myself, my parents, mm-hmm. my sister, and my girlfriend all on access to my Disney Plus account, I had to set the age restrictions for all four profiles. Yeah. So, and and outside of being the primary account holder, I don't think they can go into, and I'd have to try, have them try, but I don't think they can go in and change their profiles. So you set that age restriction. You set that age restriction. I mean, that's the one thing. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. Like that, I just say, like, for all the properties I think they would go with, I don't know if they would do Punisher. I would love to see it. I think so John, I think at some point they will. I think they have to. I think John Bernthal, like, listen, whatever you want to think about the character. Yeah. And the symbol and all that jazz. He's part of that universe. Yeah. No there, ma- there's certain characters that, like, with you can't do Bernthal and, like, the Punisher without. Yeah. Like, and in as much as, you know, right now they're bringing him back and they're doing it in a supernatural way, which, listen, I know when I first read it, I was like, what the hell is this? But, you know, it makes sense. I understand why they're doing it. Could I see them trying to implement this on Disney Plus? Yeah, fully. I think the story they're doing right now in the comics, I could definitely see them doing. But it's going to be one of the situations that they really have to figure out what they want to do. I would think if they really want to push that line and bring the Punisher back, I mean, I think it's at some point you're going to see Bernthal come back. He wants to play the character. The fans want him back. I think if everybody gets on Disney Plus and really shoots up those ratings, maybe that would be the way to send the message. But I think with now the introduction of the Netflix characters, I think that it's, it's almost a safe leap that we won't see him back, and especially on Disney Plus as it stands now. But I could be wrong about that, even with the restrictions. You don't know. Like I say, it'll be interesting to see how they bring him back. But I yeah. think going back to the original point, you have him and you have Deadpool. Yeah. Like, not everybody's made for Disney, but they're yeah. going to make it work, and I think yeah. they're being smart about it and leaving hands off. So I'm going to say Deadpool is a leap, and I will say that – we won't see uh, – maybe we'll get a teaser for Ant-Man and Quantumania. Yeah, that, that could be. You might get something yeah. for Loki. Yeah. But it'll be – like I say – Loki, you might get some, like, still shots or some, like, photos from the set because they just, they just like, within the last week started filming. Mm-hmm. So there's not enough done for them to do a teaser trailer. You might get some set photos or something of, like, Loki and the cast and crew on set. Yeah. Um, I think I think Ironheart is a leap just because they're in casting. They haven't even started filming yet. Yeah. You know, so we already know who's going to be playing some of the roles, so there's really no reason to bring that out if they've got nothing done for it. No, I don't – like I say, it's just kind of one of those situations where we've got to do speculate and say, yeah. okay, here yeah. wakanda forever boy howdy they're gonna have to address that because it's certainly the proverbial elephant in the room mm-hmm. just because of chadwick boseman's unfortunate passing you know they've yet to say what they're gonna do about the role filming is finished as far as i know mm-hmm. you know so i would imagine we see something from that just because the speculation is so high for what's gonna happen with that that movie and the title role you know, so I would have to imagine they say something. Yeah, no, I've, I've because, because the movie comes out in November. We're sitting here in July. It's halfway through the year. You got to say something and put something out. See, I would say this. I'm going to say it's a lock. Okay. If we don't, D3, D23, that's when they're dropping it. Oh, it has to because, like I said, the movie comes out later this year. Yeah, like I, I know we've been seeing a recent trend where they've been very late in the game, late dropping trailers. Like with Thor and Love and Thunder, that was super right, late. Right, 
So this might be a new strategy they have? Well, I think it might be just because and it only came up because I saw a meme on Reddit today where it was, you know, after the events of uh, Infinity War, Mm -hmm. Sony decided to drop a trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home, even though despite the fact that... We and you know, meta perspective. We knew the movie was coming. We know they sure. not they announced it, but from like a storytelling perspective, oh, Spider Man's dead. Hey, here's a trailer for his next movie. I think part of it might be because of that that they're waiting. Like, uh, hey, why don't we wait a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that, and I think it's a smart strategy. Plus, the one thing Feige and company know is they're the brand. Yeah, they are. Like, if they wanted to, and as crazy as it sounds, they should just try doing a movie and don't even release anything. Day of, just put a poster out. That'd be wild. But you know what though? Fans would show up. Uh, they would, yeah. Like it's it's like when PWG does a mystery vortex show. Oh yeah, people yeah. Sh- people show up because they know yeah. it's the brand. Yeah, like you could see the same thing happen here. So I'd be all for that. That'd be awesome. I tell you what, that'd be ballsier than anything. They just say, "Here's the release date. Here's the poster. Put it up in your theaters and go." Nothing. That'd be that'd be a harder kept secret than Mark Hamill reappearing on Star Wars. Yeah, but you know what? Oof. Do that. Yeah, I dare them, man. That would be something yeah. wild. Uh. Just to wrap up, too, for uh, Locks and Leaps, Guardians 3. Hmm, no, um, just because I don't think they've started filming yet. Okay. So I don't think so. I, I would I would imagine maybe Gunn will come out and they'll have the cast there. But past that, we won't see anything for it. Any new show or uh, Blade? No, because uh, I, I think it's still a ways out. I'm going to say we get a teaser trailer. See, I don't think they've. I don't think they've even started filming. But you know what the thing is? He was cast in 2019. We haven't heard a word. Yeah, that's true. So, like, how crazy would it be if they just dropped the trailer? And say, oh yeah, we've been filming the entire time. They have to be filming in the middle of nowhere, like The Walking Dead does. Just saying, it could happen. I mean, I know there's some talk. Anthony Starr is cast as Dracula, right? So, anything is possible. But that's the beauty of going to this show and going to the panel because I guarantee you. Social media is going to crash. Twitter yeah. is going to tr- crash. Yeah, the fans are going to be an absolute frenzy at this show, and that's why I think Marvel is smart enough. You're going to see castings. You're going to see people walk out. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to mic drop this. That basically Comic Con ends at six thirty. Right. That's how bad I think they want to set that example because there's a lot of criticism. You know that they weren't going to show up the the one year and right, and, right, you know, right. We, we go through the dancing like that. It's one of those because when they're doing uh, from home, there they, right. they they didn't they didn't yeah they didn't show they didn't do anything they want they want that crowd reaction oh yeah they do because and I remember the 2019 where they were just dropping news 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 yeah it was insane you know I ex- I fully expect more of that and I fully expect them to announce some season twos for some of the shows on Disney Plus yeah I do too I think Miss Marvel be, is yeah. a definite lock for yeah. that yeah um I don't know about Hawkeye. Yeah, that, that's a possibility. Because I think there'll be a there'll be a Kate Bishop. Like, they'll, yeah, that, they'll, that's a possibility. There'll be a rebranding. I do think we'll get a Daredevil teaser poster. Maybe Chiron and, and whatever. See, I, I think they might wait for Echo to do that. Well, I think just just the name. Yeah, going across the screen. That's all you're. You're not going to see any footage. You're not going to see because I know people are trying to run crazy about what costume he's going to wear. Like, listen, we just need to pump brakes. Either way, to wrap it up with the MCU panel, this is the creme de la creme. Like, honestly, this is why we are all hyped up about San Diego Comic-Con. This is why it needs to deliver, and I'm sure it's going to, and whatever you're going to be following on social media Saturday night in the East Coast, West Coast, yeah. worldwide, it's going to absolutely shut everything down. Expect a lot of recap next week going on with that. 
we still got a couple more panels for Saturday. Yes, we do. So let's get into them. Uh, yeah, so at 6.30 in room 6BCF is AEW Heroes and Villains. Uh, and the description of this reads, AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage stars CM Punk, Shade Cargill, Darby Allin, Orange Cassidy, Brian and Brian Danielson will take the stage for a ringside view of the popular wrestling franchise airing weekly on TBS and TNT. Moderated by AEW commentator Excalibur, uh, the discussion will dig into the heroes, villains, and championship quests through the eyes of the biggest names in wrestling. Yeah, it's going to be a fun panel. Listen, love it or hate it, uh, AEW does do a fun panel. They do, and they're also loud as fuck. Yeah, they're gonna. the fans are going to show up for this. They are going to be absolutely rabid about this. And, you know, the great thing is when the wrestlers get on there, they really break characters. They really have a fun time with the fans. Uh, I will just say don't ask any kayfabe questions. Yeah. That gets very, very old quick. Yeah. And you're not going to get any answers yeah. uh, to those kind of questions. Yeah. But it's still going to be one to definitely check out. So if you are an AEW fan, you know they'll be uh, definitely having something to say about that. Uh, it just might be a little tough finding after Hall H. Just going to put that out yeah, there. Yeah, you're not wrong. Following up in Hall H, panel with Kevin Smith at 630 on that day. So it's going to be Kevin Smith doing Kevin Smith things. I would say he is now turned into the ambassador of San Diego Comic-Con. It would appear so, I, yeah. I think so. So he's definitely going to be talking about Clerks 3, a lot of his stuff going on, and just literally just give him a microphone and let him go. That's pretty much all you need from him. Pretty much. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, 8 o'clock on Saturday night, too, they have the uh, San Diego Comic-Con Masquerade. Nice. So this is going to be something that is like their uh, cosplay competition. So obviously we do know we have a lot of cosplay fans here. You definitely want to go check that out. So it's going to be having the best of the best there, and, and it's going for from 8.30 to 11 p.m. Wow. So like they're, That's a hell of a party. They're not messing around with this. So if you were into cosplay, I'm sure you have that locked in on your calendars, as you should. And closing out Saturday, 9 p.m., Lloyd Kaufman, 50 years of filmmaking. Wow. The trauma legend. Uh, so they're going to be celebrating his career at this panel. So definitely something if you're into trauma films. I wonder if Peter Dinklage is going to come through because he's tagged to the Toxic Avenger show. Could be. Final thoughts on Saturday, Pat? Uh, just one more panel I got to mention oh, because sorry. this this is one you this is the thing awesome thing about uh, comic conventions you never know what you're going to find and you always see something like you expect the movies and the TVs and the games but there's always that one or two panels that you look and you go that sounds really fun I want to go to that and if I were going this is the one panel I would love to go to taking place at 7 p.m. on Saturday in room 23 ABC uh, the panel is titled Law and Thunder. Legal analysis of Thor and Doctor Strange. A what? Uh huh. So the description of this reads: "Quote: Who is the true owner of Mjolnir? What is the liability for breaking the multiverse? What are the legal defenses for Wanda of eight three eight for being possessed by Wanda of six one six? And is there a cause of action for Zeus flicking too hard?" This panel of lawyers gives their legal analysis of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Thor: Love and Thunder, featuring U.S. Magistrate Judge Stan Boone. Jessica Matterson, Gabby Martin, Stephen T uh, Tallafield, Neri Ely, and Megan Hitchcock, moderated by Joshua Gilland of The Legal Geeks. So this is a panel full of judges legally analyzing the MCU. So you've always had those questions in your head. Oh, I wonder what, what happens legally if, you know, a building gets destroyed. Or I know there was one of meme going around about, you know, the Hulk throwing your car at an enemy and it completely misses the enemy. And what happens for you legally? Are you on the hook for that? Yeah. You know, so this this is the answer to all your questions. And it just sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing you touched upon, too. And I apologize. I forgot you were talking about that. This is just something that it was panels like this that you really see the true fandom come out 
Because where else do you see topics like this show up? Oh, it's wild, and I love it. I mean, there's a lot of them that have psychologists coming in yeah. to do like the examining of like the Mandalorian is one. Oh, yeah, oh, I yeah. saw that come out on the docket, and there's one of, you know like breaking down like the psychology of Batman, and there also is one about doing the science of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've seen in past. Like, there's just such cool things they can do with Khan. Like that is the one thing that you go. There is literally everything for everybody. You just have to find it, whether you're into social issues, whether you're into science issues, yeah. whether, you know, like it, that's just, it's something for everybody. So that said, we got one more day to go, but there's not a lot on the docket for this one. Mm-hmm. There's still some ones, though, that I think are going to be very interesting. Kicking off, though, 10 15 Sunday morning, I hear voices with Will Friedel and Christy. Carlson, oh, Christy, Christy Carlson Romano, yeah, two prolific voice actors. Obviously, Will Friedle, uh, you might folks might know the name. Uh, he was Eric on uh, Boy Meets World. Also, uh, those two, Christy Carlson Romano and Will Friedle, were Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable from the Disney animated series Kim Possible. Uh, they have a podcast where they interview uh, other voice actors and talent uh, from around the industry. It's, it's a good podcast. It is, and they're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Kim Possible. Yeah, it's a great show. I, I still, fun fact, hear the ringtone from her little call pager thing in the show. It's still popular on people's phones today. So I, I, hear, it, I hear it when I'm in public frequently. Yeah, so that's definitely a cool panel to go check out. Like I say, that Friedel's making some noise too. So yeah, you know, you never yeah. know. You might see him pop up. Uh, Women of Marvel panel is going on Sunday as well, ten thirty a.m. So it's the uh, writer and podcast host Angelique Rochelle. Oh yeah, uh, is going to be having a lively discussion with Marvel stars, including senior editor Lauren Bissom and Nick Stone, amongst other guests. And they're going to be talking about what's it like for women working in the industry today and what's next for Marvel's women-led titles. So this is going to be definitely a cool panel to go check out. If you're a Marvel Comics fan, you should definitely do that. 10.30 in the morning. Also, on Sunday, 11 a.m., is a spotlight on Jeff Smith. Okay. Creator of Bone, one of the most legendary independent comics. And he's talking about his new graphic novel series, Tukey, coming out. So if you're a fan of Bone, you definitely want to go check it out. I'm sure it's going to be a rocking panel, so definitely excited about that. Also, Boom Studios has one last panel on the slate, and that's celebrating YA Comics. So they're going to be definitely breaking down a lot of those books. That If you're a fan of the YA brand that they do, it's definitely one to go check out. they got a lot of cool stuff happening on there. Also, on Sunday, 1230, Comixology presents Scott Tober West Coast Edition. Scott Snyder, Tula Lote, Jamal Igel, and Dan Panoshan are all going to be in attendance talking about the brand new books that dropped today on Comixology Originals. Like, if you have not picked them up yet, I, I'm going to say one last thing about them later in the show, and that's it. You've got to get these books in your collection. Enough said. That is going on 1230 on Sunday. What a way to cap off Comixology. they got a big weekend going on here yeah. at Comic-Con, too. Always cool to see about that. And pretty much that wraps up my days for Sunday. I know there's a Funko panel going on at Hall H. Oh, boy. I know that's something you're into. There's yes. a Lightyear screener yeah. going on, too. If you're in the, that's cool. If you're into the FX shows, it's the Mayan MC. And what we do in the shadows are going to be doing some stuff. So it's a fun time to really cap off. But, I mean, let's be honest. After the MCU panel for Marvel Studios, really Comic-Con is going to start you know slowly winding down. Looking mm-hmm. looking at this to wrap up, Pad, though, what's standing out to you? Give me your top three panels. Top three panels of the weekend. Uh, obviously, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, number one. Super excited for that. Over uh, MCU. Over, over MCU. Listen, I love the MCU, but 
you know, Lord of the Rings has been a part of my life since the first movie came out in 2001, where there was a good stretch of time. I read the Lord of the Rings books every summer, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, I've, I've read the books. I've listened to the audiobooks in multiple versions, radio drama and at least two, one radio drama and at least two renditions of the audiobooks. Uh, you know, so um, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, number one. MCU, I would have to say, is number two. And then probably the Gotham Knights game, number three, just because I, I'm I'm excited for it, but I want to know some more. You know, and I haven't been able to check out some of the stuff and, and footage they put out for it. You know, so I'm excited to get a little more information about the Gotham Knights video game. No, that's cool. I, I can definitely see that. I agree with you on a couple of them. Uh, for me, though, it's the MCU. I am waiting with anticipated breath to see what they're going to do. I think there's a lot of cool things that we're finally going to get some answers to because it's just been so much of speculating. It's like, now give us the real deal. I'm super excited to hear about this. Uh, For me, though, uh, as a comic fan, I love seeing all the Marvel panels come back just because they're so much fun to go check out. Comixology has a stacked lineup of stuff, too. Because I am a super fan of what they're doing with Scott Tober. Because let's face it, last year Scott Tober, we had we had Demons Clear and Night of the Ghoul. We're going for the encore now, and it, they look phenomenal. The books coming out this week, so that's gonna be something I'm super excited to check out. Boom's got a stacked lineup too. Berserker, I'm excited to hear what we're gonna get on Netflix. What's the deal there? There's a lot of speculation happening there. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers panel from Boom, because let's face it, they've been crushing it with the Charge to 100. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be kind of falling out from that. I'm very excited to hear who this is going to be, the new creative team on those books. The Radiant Black Massive Verse, I know it's going to fly under the radar because the DC panel, which I'm also excited to check out, is going to be running at the same time. But don't sleep on the Massive Verse. Seriously, they got a lot of stuff coming out. Super excited. Fingers crossed for Super Massive 2. I do know we have people that listen to us over at Black Market Narrative, so I'm putting that out in the universe. I need a yearly event like WrestleMania for the Massive Verse. And just overall to see San Diego Comic-Con back, like really back, not not from at home, which we all kind of said, I applaud them for doing, but it just wasn't the same vibe. And I'm not faulting anybody for it because we've been through trying times these past couple of years about going to live events. I'm always happy to get content, whether it's Zoom, whether it's YouTube, whether it's however you need to do it digitally, but there's no feeling like being in attendance for a con facts and getting that energy, seeing the cosplay, seeing the fans, getting that connection. So I'm hoping everything runs smooth here. I'm hoping to hear a lot of hype. Saturday is going to be a wild day on social media. All the information you heard from us here, comic dash con.org. And definitely hit us up on that hashtag hashtag ODPH pod. What is your feelings about San Diego comic-con 2022? What are you most excited to talk about? Let's have that discussion. Shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ooh, I've been dying to try this place. Oh my God, me too. I've heard such good things about it. Welcome to the Crime Diner. I'm Cindy. I'll be cooking for you this evening. Here are your menus. Ooh, what are you thinking about getting? I don't know. Murder with a side of cannibalism? What about you? Ooh, that sounds good. I'm torn between historical mayhem and the social injustice, maybe? Oh. I just want to let you know that each episode comes with dinner, dessert, and a specialty drink chosen by yours truly. Wine Dine and Storytime has had a makeover, and we invite you to slide into the booth with us at 
The Crime Diner, where each week we will discuss a crime over dinner, drinks, and dessert. See you there! Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and it's time to do a little sports talk as this is a fusion episode yeah. of the podcast. I'm going to do a little bit of local minute because uh, looking at the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, uh, they are currently off uh, for the next couple of days because it is the uh, All Star break for the Double A. Obviously, the Major League. Uh, all-Star break is going on. Uh, they do start back up on Friday with a series against the Hartford, three-game series with, against the Hartford Yard Goats. Uh, Got to note, though, the Friday game, 7.05 p.m. start time, uh, is Relive the Glory Days 1992 championship team celebration. Hey, now. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, also taking place Saturday, uh, 6.35 p.m., is The Nine Night, a tribute to Bud Fowler. Now, admittedly, living the 607. Did not know who Bud Fowler was, so I did a little, really? little bit of information. Okay. Uh, so Bud Fowler was a gentleman uh, born in March, on March 16th, 1858 in Fort Plain, New York. Uh, he was a pitcher, catcher, infielder, outfielder, and manager. Uh, he passed away on February 26th, 1913 at the age of 54 in Frankfurt, New York. And the reason he's being celebrated is because later in his career, and this is according to his Wikipedia page, uh, so for his later, later career, it says, quote, Fowler moved to play with a team in Pueblo, Colorado. In 1886, he played for a team in Topeka, Kansas. That team won the pennant behind Fowler's 309 average. He also led the league in triples. In 1887, Fowler moved to Binghamton, New York, and played on a team there. Uh, racial tensions arose, and his teammates refused to continue playing with him. In 1888, he played with, with Crawford Hoosiers. Uh, so, long-storied career. Uh, but he did play very briefly here in Binghamton, and they're do giving him a bobblehead that night. Very cool. So very, very cool touch, a very nice gesture. Uh, and then on Sunday, they have a game time, 105 Eastern. Uh, that is Christmas in July, the Rowdy Claws tribute. Oh, jeez. Uh, so uh, obviously Rowdy, the Rumble Pony, is going to be in Santa Claus gear. Uh, and then they're off on Monday, the 25th, and then they start a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 game series against New Hampshire. Uh, Tuesday is 6.35 p.m. start time. Uh, Wednesday is a 1.05 p.m. Eastern start time. Uh, Thursday is a 6.35 p.m. Eastern start time. Uh, Friday is a 7.05 p.m. start time. Uh, that is Princess Night, uh, and Night was with a K. Uh, and then Saturday, July 30th, 6.35 p.m. Eastern start time. Marvel Defenders of the Diamond Knight. Hey, no. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Rumble Ponies will be, be wearing, uh, what is it, Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange uniforms. So that'll be real awesome. And then Sunday is a 1.05 p.m. start time. Should note, if you are in the local 607 area, Rumble Ponies were doing a deal. If Pete Alonzo were to win uh, his third his third consecutive uh, home run derby, they would have given you $3 tickets for the uh, regular grandstand, uh, regular uh, tickets. Did not happen. He did, however, a little tease for what I'm going to talk about in a minute. He did, hit, however, hit 43 home runs during the home run derby. So you will be able to save $4.30 on all tickets for any remaining Sunday through Tuesday game, home game, uh, so, so, and with a little asterisk. And that asterisk reads, a 24-hour ticket special will kick off Tuesday, July 19th at 9 a.m. for $4.30 off all tickets to any remaining Sunday through Thursday home game. So that's this upcoming Sunday through Thursday. You'll be able to save $4.30 on all tickets so definitely want to give that a check out uh and for more tickets information and all that good stuff bingrp.com uh and speaking of the all-star game 
Uh, that is taking place tonight as we record. You've got the American League and the National League. And starting for the American League is Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays and Clayton Kershaw getting the home start, of course, for the uh, home uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. It should be a fun game. We've got a couple of Yankees there tonight. You got Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Jose Trevino. Also, you've got Nestor Cortez, who, from what I was reading from one of the beat writers I follow, is supposed to get in around the sixth inning. Uh, and then, uh, what is it? The uh, one uh, closer they've got. Clay Holmes, mm. almost blank on the name, should be getting in around uh, the eighth inning from what I'm reading. Uh, but that takes place 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox. Uh, but got to talk to the Home Run Derby because that did take place last night as we record. was won by Juan Soto, which, boy howdy, the whole situation regarding him is wild. Yeah, that's crazy. The Nationals offered him a 15-year, $440 million deal, and he said no. And then he turned around and went out and won a Home Run Derby. And he's more than likely going to get traded before the trade deadline. Yeah, but good uh, lord. I mean, this is going to be a situation. I don't know what you give back for him that's equal value. I don't know. Like some team is going to do oh, it. Absolutely. But they're going to mortgage their entire farm system. Well, they're they're going to take him on this year, and then probably in the off season try to work out a deal because I can't imagine they're going to try to work out that deal in the middle of the season. Yeah, you never know. If there's a contender that thinks they're on the cusp. Mm-hmm. Like you I, I know, there's some, know there was some talk of the Yankees. I'm like, I don't see that yeah. happening, but you never know. But yeah, uh, so that you got that going on, but also coming out party for Julio Rodriguez. Obviously, last week you heard the episode Sports Edition. I had no idea who this guy was. Learned very quickly. Kid's 21 years old, and like 200 some odd days. Kid's good. Yeah, he's good. He Kid's real good. Real good. Hit 32 home runs in his first round. Hit 30 or it was no 31. Excuse me in his second round. Knocked off Pete Alonzo, the two-time defending champ. You know, so this kid's legit. This kid's got a bright future ahead of him, and I'm willing to bet he'll be a participant next year because next year's uh, All-Star game is in Seattle. That makes sense. And he's a Seattle Mariner. So we got that going on. Home run derby, absolutely awesome. I know my girlfriend, uh, Liz Bailey, came over to watch it with me. Had no idea what it was. Had never seen it before. Absolutely had a blast of a time watching it. And, you know, every time somebody hits a home run, she's sitting there going, whack. Whack. She had a blast watching it, so she's definitely going to be a watcher in the future. Uh, also got to mention, episode one of the ESPN slash MLB Films documentary dropped in The Captain. Uh, this is a seven-part mini-documentary based on the life and uh, career of Derek Jeter. Uh, episode one kind of was on the focus of like his parents when they met, and then when they got together. And then kind of Derek in his early life, you know, playing Little League and, and, you know, talking about how his team, you know, for as good as they were, they never wanted a game. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, the dream of every Little Leaguer is to go to Little League World Series. He go, he's like, yeah, as All-Stars, we never won a game. Mm-hmm. You know, from going through high school and, and then getting drafted by the Yankees and his trials and tribulations, which were well documented, you know, in the minors, that his first year in the minor leagues, he made 56 errors. You know, which he said, even for somebody trying to make errors, that's hard to do. Yeah. You know, and then episode one ends right after the 1995 uh, playoffs loss to the Seattle Mariners. Phenomenal watch. Highly recommended if you're a baseball fan. Obviously, if you're you're a Yankees fan, you're going to be tuned in. But if you're a baseball fan, it's a well-done documentary. You know, it's got some of the same guys who did the last dance behind it. Mm -hmm. It's a phenomenal watch. Episode one is on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, should be able to watch it if you've got like Hulu Live or YouTube or TV or one of those things. Episode two does drop on July 21st, uh, which is a Thursday. Uh, and it looks like it is going to be dropping on Thursdays uh, after this initial premiere. They wanted the big audience because of the Home Run Derby. Uh, but every episode is going to be dropping on uh, Thursdays. 
Makes sense. I'm super excited to check this out. I got out super late from 607 TWS last night, so yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but that it will be the plan. Listen, it's the captain. Oh, yeah. What else can you say? Like, It's going to be very fascinating. Everything we've seen mm-hmm. since the last dance mm-hmm. is going to be a different variation of it, obviously, but everything they're doing in the documentary series is, is spot on, yeah. so can't go wrong with that. And then one entertainment thing i got to mention, because this definitely caught my eye. Uh, we got a casting uh, announcement for the upcoming Hunger Games prequels uh, movie, uh, and that is it is added the one, the only, Peter Dinklage. Oh. Uh, so this according to Deadline, uh, which the article reads, quote, exclusive for the upcoming Hunger Games prequel, the odds are in its favor to add an Emmy-winning star to the cast. Sources tell Deadline that Peter Dinklage is set to join the growing ensemble of Lionsgate's Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. Dinklage will st- play Casca Highbottom, Dean of the Academy. He will star in the film opposite Tom Blythe, who will play the young Cornelius Snow, and Rachel Zegler as tribute late Lucy Graybird. Uh, Baird. Francis Lawrence, who directed the franchise's Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part 1, and Mockingjay Part 2, will direct the adaptation of the Suzanne Collins novel. Uh, so super excited for this. Obviously, Peter Dinklage, a fantastic actor. Oh, yeah. And adding him to this cast, great casting, I would say. Yeah, I have to say, like, I'm not the biggest Hunger Games fan, but that's a smart casting for him, so I definitely got to co-sign on that. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Uh, very quickly, sport-wise for me, uh, anything wrestling, we'll just say go over 607 TWS this week. We really did a deep dive on everything that we've been covering, so definitely want to plug that. That's in podcast format on Twitch right now. I will have a new blogs count anywhere coming out later this week. I'm going to try getting one out uh, early Saturday to preview Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. So a lot of uh, feelings about that if you listen to 607 TWS this week. So we'll kind of see if my opinion changes on that. Also, UFC news. We do have a couple of matches getting made, and September 10th is the tentative date. Kazmat Chimaev, the man, the myth, the legend mm-hmm. that has been working his way up the welterweight ranks, is now got a very big task in front of him in one <laughs> Nate Diaz. So, Good Lord. So this is going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, currently, Chimaev is a plus 720, mm-hmm. and Diaz... Or, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Diaz is a plus 720. Chimeyev is a minus, like, 1150. Yeah, so if you put uh, 10 bucks down on Chimeyev to win, you'd win, like, 87 cents. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Like, it, it has not been officially finalized. They're running, yeah. with, but uh, apparently both fighters have been given contracts. Well, and we, do, just... we do have a quote from uh, the one and the only Kazmat Chimeyev via Brett Okamoto. This uh, translated from Swedish by Chimeyev's representative. Uh, quote, I'm going to handle Nate Diaz's funeral with the UFC, close quote. Well, he needs to because after the Gilbert Burns fight, I know there's a lot of questions. Nate's a marquee guy. It could happen. Nate could pull this off because it's his last fight on contract. So a lot of storylines going on with that. September 10th is a tentative date, UFC 279, so stay tuned for that. And entertainment-wise for me, a lot of stuff at the comic shops this week. Uh, due to when we were recording and embargo reasons, I cannot talk about Grim Number 3 by Boom Studios except to tell you go buy it. That whole series that Stephanie Phillips is doing is freaking fantastic, top to bottom. One of the best books out there. Uh, you'll see the Parlay Points blog review tomorrow as it drops 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays. That's when the new uh, times that all of those blogs are going to be dropping officially. Go get uh, Grim. I'm going to tell you right now. I can't talk about it right now because of embargo. Too stressed because I really, really want to. Uh, also, Valiant Comics is ending chapter, uh, the first story arc of Armor Clads. So that's been a fun series. You like some sci-fi, uh, really cool stuff going on with that with the different side of the Valiant universe. A lot of questions get answered. So I did think uh, I, there is no embargo on that, so I can talk about it a little bit. It is a very, very solid finish to the first story. 
I'm expecting a lot of things when we see them pop up again, and they definitely handle it very, very well to finish off the story that's been building. So if you've been there since day one, you really got a cool sci-fi story, so you definitely want to go check that out. Valiant Comics always doing big things. But my picks of the week, I'm going to say this, and I've been screaming it all episode, Comixology Originals, Best Jacket Press, Scott Tober is back. Scott Snyder has three books dropping today, Pat. Oh. Three. The first one we're going to talk about is Dudley Datsun and the Forever Machine. That's with Jamal Eigel. And the artwork is fantastic. It's it's a very cool science story that's going on with it. I it, it definitely goes in a lot of different directions than I'm expecting. This was probably the biggest surprise for me because I really wasn't sure what to expect with this book. But it's fun. It's, it's high energy. It's a lot going on with it. I really enjoyed it. And it definitely takes a young inventor on a very, very real crazy trip. So I'm just going to put it out there like that. Highly recommend that book. They're doing a lot of cool things in there. Also, Barnstormers, number one, Scott Snyder and Tula Lote. And this is a period piece. I will show Pad the artwork because I do like to get his his takes on this. So this That's is, cool. Yeah, this is set around the World War One time. Gotcha. And it's a very cool mystery story going on. And one you definitely don't want to miss. I think the artwork by Lote is is fantastic. It's it's breathtaking. It's very well detailed. You have that kind of old school imagery brought right to life. They really capture the tone of the time. So definitely one to check out. And like I say, it's a mystery going on there. And I'm super excited to check out the next issue. And the last one on that line is Canary by Snyder and Dan Panoshan. And this one is basically a Western horror. And this one is absolutely bananas thus far. I think this one definitely caught me. I thought it was going to go one direction, and, and then it went kind of a different one. And I definitely like the vibe of the book. It's it's gritty. It's like those old John Wayne movies, so to speak. Gotcha. And like if I say like the Tencent novels, do you understand what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of vibe. And they do mention it in, in the book, too. So gotcha. it's not a spoiler since it's out. I give all three the highest possible recommendation. I think they all have a different vibe to it. And go over to Comixology Originals and go check this out. The unlimited deal is what I have, and I'm, I, I can't stress that enough. For what you pay a month, you get these books, and you can read them right there on the spot. Enough said. Like there's, It is such a good deal. And the quality of book, not only with Scott Snyder's Best Jacket Press, but the books that come out on this line. We review each week, and I tell you what, if there's a book that comes out, if we're not fans of it, we don't review it. So that said... If you see it show up here, you definitely need to go support it. It's some great work and definitely cannot wait to talk about these books in the future. So that said, I know we went over time, so we'll just keep it very short and sweet for anything and everything that is the ODPH, whether it's Parlay Points, whether it's the Classified section, whether it's the Directory, the T Public Store, and so much more. It can be found at odphpodcast.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only Padawan J. Uh, for one week, I will let the uh, Houston Astros off the hook. Uh, and that is because Oakland Athletics alone all-star Paul Blackburn was booked to fly to the MLB All-Star game on commercial. Ooh. Uh, and the Houston Astros found out about it. They flew him on their charter plane to the All-Star game. So to the Houston Astros, I say, good on you. Nah, I still say fuck him. I'm your host, Ken M. Enjoy San Diego Comic-Con July 21st through July 24th. All information one last time, comic-con.org. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. Got me down to the
Change. 